What does COVID-19, hormone optimization, and politics all have in common? Hell, that's what we're talking about today with one of our show's favorite guests, Jerry Branham. And that's on today's LLA show, and it starts right now. Well, let, let's talk about let's talk let's start off with this this, this you, you wrote a really interesting article on why some people have low free testosterone levels right. and part of it was because of a very high fiber intake and right. a lot of us are plant-based who listen to this show and we may fall into that category of having lower free testosterone levels and one of the possibilities is because our fiber intake is too high so before we get into this too much I, I was curious what your thoughts are on the optimal threshold of fiber where you get the benefit of fiber intake without the negative of lowered free testosterone? I, th- I think that, uh, well, first of all, I think that applies, you know, the studies that, that came from, uh, Mike, uh, a, lot, a lot of it, most of it involves sedentary people that don't even exercise, right? And, okay. of course, as you know, when you exercise, your hormonal picture changes right from the start. Uh, I, do, I think that would be less applicable Somebody like yourself, uh, and sincere, who's very involved in exercise, I think basically the exercise would overcome most of that. I don't think the fiber would be a, a, a real problem as an, uh, even for a vegan, but I do think that I would aim for about, uh, uh maybe 30 grams a day of fiber. Right. Uh, you right. know, That's I mean, uh, as a, as a vegan, you're probably getting a lot more than that, but I think if you space it out, I mean, you're not going to eat a ton of fiber all at once, even if you eat a lot. I mean, I mean, all right. It's possible if you eat a lot of fruits and vegetables at one sitting, you can actually approach. I mean, every day I take fiber supplements because I don't eat enough fruits and vegetables, to be honest with you. I, I try, I actually make them in a drink. I think I might have mentioned this to you before. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't have any taste for like broccoli and kale. I, I just can't handle it. So I actually have a, one of those, uh, you know, those bullet type uh, blenders. Yeah. Neutral bullet. Yeah. Yeah. I throw in, I throw in broccoli, raw broccoli, kale, chard. Uh, an, or an apple, uh, you know, and, uh, spinach, and I just mix it up and drink it down. It tastes like crap, but, you know, I have, you know, <laughs> I have, a, you know, I have this, like, sugar-free, uh, uh, water that I, uh, flavored water I, I wash it down with. I do it every, <laughs> right? I, you yeah. know, that alone gives me a pretty good amount of fiber. And then later on, I'll take a, actual, a couple of fiber supplements, like psyllium. I'll take, uh, a hydrolyzed guar gum. Uh, and I take one that has uh, a little bit of flaxseed. Now, flaxseed itself, they, people worry about that because it has something in it called lignans, which are associated with, uh, they think might have a pro-estrogenic effect. I don't have any problem with that, never had any problem with it. But I'm actually getting, I, I would estimate I'm probably getting about 50, 60 grams of fiber a day. And I don't, I don't worry about the testosterone thing. And I, I don't think that anyone who's active needs to. I think those studies, uh, why the fiber does that, is is hard to say. I, I remember uh, the mechanism. I don't know, remember it offhand, but there was a little bit of a mechanism where it more or less kind of, you know, decreases the testosterone synthesis or something like that. But is, again, it, is, is it bumping up sex hormone binding globulin? So is, is that one of the factors? Yeah, I think that is the mechanism. As a matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's you know, what we, I figured. But also with free testosterone levels, a lot of us who are really active, 
We sometimes score lower on free testosterone because of androgen receptor uptake. At least this is my right. theory. So maybe your your organs and muscles and so forth are soaking up all this testosterone that there may be less floating around the bloodstream. So right. maybe would it make sense before getting a blood test? Maybe you do it where you take a week off from training. Right. You're, you, you're training hard for three months. You go, okay, let me take a break for a week. Let my body rest. And then at the end of that week, you go get your blood work done for a more accurate reading. Well, it, it's an interesting point you brought up because – I don't know if you know this, Mike, and since there's been studies in recent years where they talk about how the, you know, your testosterone, let's say you work out pretty intensely, whatever you're doing, your testosterone rises and your other growth hormones, some other hormones, they rise during the workout, right? This, what they've said, shown in this research is that the temporal rise, those the short-term rise in testosterone following exercise has almost no anabolic effect at all. Right, I mean, right. All, mm-hmm. all these articles that we've read in magazines for years, do this workout to increase your testosterone. It's really, according to these studies, it's completely nonsensical. The reason why anabolic steroids and testosterone injections or whatever work is because they're designed to last a lot longer. In other words, this stuff right. has to, you know, last longer in the body to produce the anabolic effect. But here's what they're overlooking. It relates to what you just said, Mike. When you work out, that boost in testosterone you get, what happens is it actually stimulates the development of additional androgen receptors, see? Now, those androgen receptors stay there, so any testosterone your body makes long after the workout, you now have more androgen receptors to work with the testosterone, so it is an anabolic effect, see? Right. That's what they're overlooking. They're also overlooking the fact that people that go into the workout with higher testosterone levels and growth hormone are going to get a better response from their exactly. workout. That's very true. So, so I remember when that study first came out, people were like, oh, see, Mike, all the stuff you see about hormones is bullshit. It doesn't even matter. I was like, no, it matters. I was like, you're just too dumb to figure out why it matters. Exactly. I never I, – I always felt that the post-workout increase of testosterone and growth hormone was always overstated. It's like, yeah, just work out hard, 45 yeah. minutes or less, and your testosterone goes way up. I go, yeah, but it doesn't stay high up – it doesn't stay up long enough to be of any real benefit. But no. it is an indicator that you had a good workout. That's so, right. I mean, if you work out for 45 minutes and your testosterone goes way up in growth hormone and you leave it there, you don't keep working out until cortisol goes up, that's a sign of a really good workout. Right, right. And then, and then there's a studies, a couple of studies came out, uh, you might have seen this also, they show that if you take an l now L-carnitine supplement is considered almost garbage these days for, <laughs> for a number of reasons because, first of all, it turns out that you can't, you know, when you take L-carnitine orally, not enough, you raise the plasma, the blood level, but it doesn't even get into the muscle unless you take it with carbohydrates. If you take it with a good amount of carbohydrates, the insulin that re- uh, reaction that you get pushes the carnitine. You get a 15% increase of carnitine in muscle, which makes a difference. Believe it or not, just 15% makes a huge difference in how much fat you're going to burn when you work out and even after the workout, right? But carnitine has another interesting effect. When you take carnitine, let's say uh, uh, before a workout, what happens is the carnitine in conjunction with that increase in testosterone, it actually increases, also increases androgen receptor development. So carnitine has a kind of a left-sided anabolic effect. Now, it's not a direct anabolic effect, but by helping, by working with the natural testosterone you produce during training, it'll increase the number of androgen receptors. Now, the bad thing about, oh, and I put that in, in, in uh, quotes, you know, mm-hmm. you might have heard about the TMAOs of situation, I'm sure. You know, you, you know guys know about that. Supposedly, when you take in choline or carnitine, uh, your te- certain uh, intestinal bacteria, convert the stuff called TMA into TMAO, 
and TMAO shown association between all kinds of diseases, heart disease, cardiovascular disease, this and that, blah, blah, blah. But what they don't tell you is that, uh, first of all, uh, certain nutrients block that. Uh, uh, for example, garlic prevents the reaction. There's something called terostilbene. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's similar to resveratrol. I came across a study not long ago, completely negates the whole reaction. Furthermore, uh, they, they came out with a study in women that were eating fairly large amounts of choline. They had no effect on their athletes. In other words, it's one of those things where they take something uh, in animals and they try and extrapolate to humans. And it, right. it I'm not saying TMAO isn't dangerous, but what I'm saying is I think a lot of it, my feeling is, and I don't, this is speculation on my part, I think it affects some people more than others. I think it affects people that are already, to put it uh, uh, idiomatically, fucked up. In other words, <laughs> right. in other words right. just like, push them over the edge. They're like exactly. talking science to being this crude guy from Brooklyn. <laughs> Hey, our, our, our listeners I mean, like our, our listeners like that crudeness. But my point is that these people, let's say, already have, let's say, degrees of atherosclerosis or right. calcium right. coronary. You know, for them, you know, you know, maybe taking in uh, the uh, the uh, uh, you know having a, a great production of TMAO may be a problem. But here's another thing that cracks me up, Mike, that that they overlook. Getting ready for this, fish. Now we all agree, fish has a definite uh, cardioprotective effect. This has been shown over and over again. Right, Whether right. it's from omega-3 fatty acid content or the taurine, it's hard to say. But we know for a fact that fish offers protective effects against cardiovascular disease. Get this. Fish contains 66 times more TMO or, or, or produces more TMO than, than, uh, than does red meat. And that the science article that came out with it implicated red meat and they said the reason why people get heart disease from eating red meats not from the fat content or from cholesterol it's from the tmao my question is then how do you explain fish yeah. why is it why, why is fish protected when, when tmao is the element that causes a problem when, when we know for a fact that that fish is very good for your heart Nobody ever answers that question. They'll, they'll probably say, I mean, if they, if they say anything, they'll probably say because of the short-chain fatty acids, you know, the DHA, yeah. the EPA. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, that, that's true. That's true. But the point is, though, if TMAO is as toxic as they say, yeah, oh, yeah. it shouldn't matter. Yeah. It shouldn't matter. They're talking about this stuff being extremely toxic. It actually, you know, causes damage to the lining of the arteries. I mean, it causes atherosclerosis. But if that's true, no matter, no matter how many omega-3 fatty acids, it wouldn't overcome that. So there's something missing there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And again, yeah. my theory is that the people that do, if it happens, and there is, again, no uh, definitive evidence that people who have, you know, uh, let's say greater production of TMO actually get heart disease or diabetes or cancer. I mean, right now it's still speculation, but let's say it's it's true. I think, just like we were talking about the COVID-19 I think these people already have pre-existing problems that right. kind of set them up for that. I don't think most people that are engaging in healthy habits, exercise, eating right, do, taking certain supplements they need. I don't think they have to worry about that. I, I truly, I've done a lot of research in that. In fact, I, I already wrote about it in Applied Metabolics. There's been so much new information. I'm going to do an update pretty soon because they came out with even more, uh, better information about TMA. I'm going to write because I think it's important. Because you see online a lot of these articles, don't, don't, don't eat choline, 
Don't uh, don't take any carnitine. It's going to give you a heart attack. That's bullshit. I mean, come on, seriously. Carnitine has been shown in study after study to have heart protective effects. And as far yes. as choline, for crying out loud, if you don't eat eggs, for example, you know, egg yolks are, are the best source of, of choline. If you don't eat, let's say, a vegan or something like that, you don't eat a lot of animal foods, you need choline. In other words, your body's not going to make enough. Choline is the basis for acetylcholine. A major neurotransmitter involved in the in the uh, in the hippocampus involved right. with memory. It's also, as you know, Mike, it's the neurotransmitter at the myoneural junction. It actually is needed for muscle contraction. Requirement. Yeah, improves reaction time and so forth. Exactly. Learn new skills. Right. So then you could take you could take lecithin, or you could take phosphatidylcholine, exactly. or alpha GPC. You could supplement with those things right. to drive up your choline. Absolutely. In other words, you're right. And your point being that. Vegans do not need to eat the foods that contain, if they don't eat eggs, absolutely true. That you have supplements that'll definitely take the place. I don't eat a lot of eggs. I don't eat a lot of choline food. I take alpha GPC. I, I take, uh, I occasionally use phosphatidylcholine, better known as lecithin. These things are great sources of choline and you don't have to worry about that. You don't you know, have the thing to- about eggs is I, I found an interesting farm out here in Las Vegas. It's over on the, on the periphery of the city. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a genuine free-range chicken farm. It's not. It's not a chicken farm, but they have chickens and all kinds of animals they take care of, just roaming around free. So I went there and visited this place, and you see chickens running around having a good time. Now they sell the eggs that these chickens make. Now I'm an ethical vegan, so I, I don't mind eating those eggs from that place because right. I can see that there isn't any animal cruelty involved. Right. The problem is, is that. I don't really like the taste of eggs anymore because I haven't had them for so long. So when I had those, these eggs were really rich too because they're definitely organic or close to it. And they're fresh. I mean, they they were laid probably that morning. I mean, you know, the shell is like purple and blue. Yeah. (laughs) It was a very rich taste that was way different than I haven't had eggs in a long time before this. I just, I just, this is maybe last year I had a couple. And at first I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. You know, I could get into this. Then I was like, yeah, I don't really like the taste of it. After one or two times, I go, I don't know if I can make this a staple. But so, but there are, there are options, there are creative options for people that are, let's say you're an ethical vegan, you don't want to be involved with animal cruelty. You can probably find farms like this or sanctuaries and so forth in your area where you can get eggs, which would fall into the criterion of not supporting animal cruelty. So that's, that's an option as well. And then for people who don't want to eat eggs, there's the supplemental options. There's lecithin. You can put that in a protein shake. You could take sure. phosphatidylcholine. There's a supplement that Biotest sells called Power Drive. It's got choline and tyrosine in it. I, I'm actually coming out with a pre-workout drink that has acetyl-L-carnitine because I, I think that has benefits pre-workout too, about one to two grams. And that, that's, that's been shown to bump up testosterone about – I didn't put it in there for this reason, but one of the – Thomas Inklinon talks about how it bumps up testosterone about maybe 10 12 percent. So it's not tremendous, but it's a nice little bump. Well, and then well, alpha-GPC, I found, the combination of acetylcholine and alpha-GPC and tyrosine, because it's a non-stimulant pre-workout powder, no stimulants whatsoever. It's just different ingredients that I think work well together. And that, that combination works great. You get the dopamine increase from acetylcholine and tyrosine. You get the choline increase from alpha GPC. Yeah. And that, that's, that definitely carries over to a more productive workout and your brain just works better. So it's a nootropic, nootropic benefit as well. I totally agree. But you know, Mike, I was very shocked. I, I did a, a little, uh, I think I was writing about eggs in one of my articles and I did a little, I came across something that kind of really freaked me out and got me very angry. Did you know that a lot of the so-called free-range and cage-free eggs are it's a bullshit? 
Oh yeah, they, there's a whole movie on that well, by the guy. What, I mean, it's pretty much it's, it's like a prison. It's like a prison for one hour. For one hour a day, prisoners are free range and, and they and they can roam because they have a certain amount of feet that they can actually roam around in. You know, as far as square feet, square footage, it's just the same thing. But then once that hour is up, they go back into their cells. It's exactly that. Really, a lot of times you don't even go out. It's there's the, the guy who did Supersize Me. He made a movie yeah. about the chicken industry. It's on Amazon. And yeah, he actually. Yeah, he actually went through the whole process of being a chicken farmer to see everything that it entailed. And then he showed you all the, the lies about – at the end of the movie is all the lies about free range and all that are detailed. But in the movie, they showed that these, all these confined chickens, they, all they need to do is have, let's say, a door open yeah. with maybe a little barrier about two feet in front of the door. So the chickens can go over there. They're not te- – they're, they're outside, but it's like me going on my porch and saying I'm outside. Well, right. guess what? That's also like being on a subway in New York. Yeah, you can get on there, but that train is crowded, or a subway in Japan. So all those other chickens are in the way as well. So how free range is it when yeah, you got exactly. millions of other got chickens in your way? Exactly. <laughs> five square feet, exactly. Yeah. They charge premium prices. for Well, they can because they It's just a marketing gimmick. A marketing term. Feel better. It's, 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 it's like you, buying food that says gourmet. Yeah. You already know you're going to pay an extra $2. It's <laughs> organic. It's just gourmet. Yeah. And you, right. gourmet makes you think about, oh, Emerald Lagasse. Oh, this is going to be like the food channel, the food network. Okay, so you're going to pay that couple dollar premium just for that word because you feel that you're a little bit more bougie than the person that actually just got oh, yeah. a Swanson you know, TV dinner. That's you know, marketing. <laughs> exactly. Free, free range is just marketing, too. It's going, okay, people are more concerned about this, so let's just throw that on there. You're a bougie <laughs> ad consumer. That's all it is. No, unless, you, unless you see the place yourself, like the, uh, right. I think it's called Spring Valley Farm or Spring Valley Sanctuary, the one here outside of Las Vegas. Unless you actually go there and visit it yourself and see the situation, talk yeah. to the people about what happens. It's like, are these chickens ever killed? It's like, no, nah, they live out their lives here. Well, here's the then, beauty, You the don't beauty really know of, for sure otherwise. Yeah, here's the beauty of the whole COVID situation that's going on. Now, a lot of people, this is a good opportunity for them. Okay, the essential workers that made it through all this before, you know, you know, during the lockdown, a lot of times the farmer's markets were still open. They were considered essential. So a lot of people is like, okay, you're out in the open air. You got your little distancing or whatever else. You've come to appreciate those farmers now. And you can actually sit there and talk to the producer of these products. You can, and they, a lot of times they'll tell you, hey man, if you ever want to stop by the farm and just see, you can come see for yourself. I've always encountered farmers at the farmer's market that would say that. Like, oh, our farm is just about 20 miles outside of Houston, 10 miles out of Houston. Here it is. You know, stop by. We have, you know, days where people come by on these days and that's day, on that day. And you can go out there. You can see how those animals are being treated. And, and trust there are ways you can see that. You can tell if it, they're just that happy that day or if they, you know, usually they're in poor conditions and they just let them out that day just for show. You'll know the difference if you're paying attention. So you actually get to see where those products are coming from and how they're treating, you know, the animals there. Yeah. So they're very open to that. Now, you go ask somebody, you know, in a supermarket, you know, okay, where's this coming from? Oh, it's from this company. Then if you actually were to go out to that company and say, can I see, you know, how you guys produce this? You're going to get some major pushback. In fact, you'll probably get arrested for trespassing right. because they – they don't want you yeah, to know they're, how they're, they're definitely not going to give you a tour of a factory farm. Hell no. If you, even fil- if you even film footage of what's going on in oh, there, yeah. it's, considered, it, it, it's considered an act of terrorism. Well, there's oh. a federal law now. Thank you, Obama. You know, there's a federal law now that, you know, says you can't do that. Yeah. So, you know what? Well, guys, you know, years ago, uh, uh, John Balick of a publisher, Iron Man, he, yeah, got, right. on, he got on this kick with uh, grass fed beef, right? So, right. yes, I, I really wasn't familiar with grass fed beef. So, he asked me to do an article on it. So I researched it, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. I came across – that's when I found out about factory farms 
And my, my, I was eating meat all the time at the time. I was eating like ground beef every day. When I saw how they treated that cattle on the factory farms and the chickens, I swear I lost my appetite. I, I didn't eat meat for a year. I, I admit I went back to it after that. I don't even eat, eat meat now because I had diverticulitis about three years ago. That's when I cut all red meat yeah. out. But, yeah. but my point is that I was so disgusted and I, I, I actually had trouble sleeping seeing that stuff. It, it upset yeah. me so much. Yeah. To, the way they see it, it's absolutely devastating. Anybody with a heart and soul, if they look at the way they treat these animals, and, that, that, and what I was going to say about the eggs is that I was personally angry about that because I admit I was buying the so-called free-range. Uh, what's, the, what's the other expression they use? Um, free-range. Cage, cage-free. Cage-free. I was buying it because I said to myself, I'm going to buy these eggs because at least these chickens are better. I mean, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're not put in those little – and, they, and I, I felt so fucking deceived. I wanted to put my fist through a wall when I found well, out. Well, a lot of times so, – Instead yeah, of a state prison, they're in a federal prison, prison, so that's what it is. Huh? <laughs> instead of them being in a state prison, they're in a federal prison. You know, it's like a vacation. It's, you know, what they always say about federal prison. It's like, you know, at least – it's like you're going on, like, to a resort. They're like, yeah, I don't think you've been to a federal prison lately. That's not how that works. So that's pretty much what that's what cage free is now. That's the federal yeah, prison chicken. That's big deal. Well, Mike, you you hit it on the head. The only really way to know is you got to go to the farm yourself. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and, and there and there are options in a lot of places. So it's not mm-hmm. something where I mean I can't speak for every locality in America, but right. if you do enough research on this, you you can find some options. I mean, you're going to have to put a little extra work in it. But if this is something you actually care about, then you'll be willing to go through that. That's right. true. Now, now back to this whole testosterone thing. Yeah. With, okay, we, so with the fiber, we addressed that. Now let's talk about how another reason why a lot of vegans have lower testosterone is because the fat intake is way too low. Sometimes it's only 10% or lower because that's, that's the dogma in the plant-based community is 10% protein, 10% fat, 80% carbohydrates, which yeah. may work for some people. For, for I've been a, a vegan for 25 years, and I can tell you that strategy definitely wouldn't work for me for the goals I have. So I've I've always taken a higher fat percentage around thirty to forty percent. I don't go crazy ketogenic levels, but thirty to forty percent I've always found is somewhat of the sweet spot. But is there is there a threshold? Ten percent is too low, but what about let's say twenty percent and above? Okay. okay. First of all, let me ask you a question, Mike. Where what are your fat sources as a vegan? Okay, olive oil, coconut oil, nuts and seeds. So pistachios, pecans, cashews. Uh, you you did say olive oil, right? Yeah, I did. And coconut oil as well. Those are the ones I cook with. Okay, th- okay, then that's an important point. I'll tell you why. First of all, to answer your question, the threshold is 20% of dietary calories is fat. That maintains endogenous testosterone level. Has to be minimal 20%. And, and, and I, I will also point out what you said is accurate. The reason, the, the main reason why vegan, vegan, I always, what, what's the, I, is, is it vegan or vegan? Eh, vegans, uh, for the most part, I guess, is what I hear. I've heard of My dad always says vegans. He goes, well, my vegans. sons are vegans. I, 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 used to, I used the word vegans in one of my videos, and people ripped me another butthole because they said I didn't know how to pronounce One guy said, why should I listen to your videos? You can't even pronounce the word vegan. Well, that, that, that guy needs to take that carrot out of his ass. <laughs> yeah. okay? It's not that big a deal. <laughs> right. well, trust me, Thanks, trust me. If that's the case, the southerner, anytime somebody <laughs> forces pecan, I should lose my shit as well because it's not pecan, it's pecan. 
you know, or apricot, apricot. It doesn't like matter. People, Eat them. Or people, people in Oregon, whenever someone has never been to Oregon, they always say Oregon. It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about visiting Oregon. You know, so yeah, no one who lives New in Oregon Orleans, would say Some people that. say Nolens. I mean, from the yeah. South, you say Nolens, yeah. especially if you, if you actually live there. Uh, anyway, the point is, uh, it's twenty percent of calories. That's considered the, you know, the and and the, the truth of the matter is, the reason why vegans, the main reason why they, some of them have lower testosterone. It's not so much the fiber. The mechanism you said is true about the sex hormone binding globule. It's basically, it's the, they go too low on fat. That's the main reason. And and you know, you and and also you have to look at the fat sources. Only certain types of fat are known to maintain endogenous testosterone. The two types are saturated fat, believe it or not, the so-called evil oh, yeah. fat, and yeah. the other one is monounsaturated fat. Now, you're getting two sort, you're getting both sources, Mike. The coconut, you said coconut oil, right? Coconut oil yep. has saturated fat, so you're getting saturated fat, and the olive oil has monounsaturated fat, so you're covered. In other words, you're doing fine. And I, I, eat a, I eat a lot of dark chocolate too. I'm, that's fairly yeah. high in saturated fat. You, yeah. you don't have to worry about that. And I, I just read, I just found out something the other day. This might interest you. Uh, the olive oil, it's extra virgin olive oil, it has this, uh, this monounsaturated fat called oleic acid in there right. that yeah. actually works better than resveratrol in stimulating what they call the sirtuin one or sirt one protein right. that is closely associated with longevity. I didn't know this myself. I just found this out. It was a rat study and it wasn't a human study, but right. they think it apply, applies to, uh, humans. And I, you know, I have this bottle of extra virgin olive oil. I, I don't take it a lot. I admit it. I don't, but I started taking it now like twice a day as soon as I found that out. Oleic acid. And also I have research. I, I haven't written about it. It's, it's a couple of years that I found it, but believe it or not, oleic acid, uh, and again, animal study showed that it actually maintains protein synthesis. They, they had two groups of rats. One group they gave oleic acid. The other group didn't have it. The group that had gave the that had the oleic acid were able to maintain protein synthesis, protein synthesis at an optimal level to the equivalent of like 60, 70 year old humans. And if you know anything about protein synthesis, it drops off as you get older. You get right. some anabolic resistance. And I said to myself, "Holy shit! How come nobody's talking about this?" All right, it's an animal study, but. If this translates into humans, that means anybody who's working out, if they're over 40, should consider taking some monounsaturated fat, you know, this oleic acid. I right. didn't even know about this search. The search one is new. You know, and, but, even, and even if it doesn't work for that, there's so many other benefits that oh, you might yeah. as well take it anyway. And if it does work for that, great. You have a little extra yeah. bonus. Well, another, another great feature about monounsaturated fat is the fact that if you're active, you burn it up almost like MCT oil. It burns up really fast. In other words, it, it doesn't tend to go, go into body fat. Now, on the other hand, if you're sedentary and you're, you know, you're taking your uh, virgin olive and you're, you know, just flooding it on salads or whatever, then it can go into body fat. It all depends right. on your activity level. Right. <clears throat> okay. So now this, so the, that's, that's the fats. Now, what about, so monounsaturated fats, saturated fats, any yeah. other, any other fats have a positive benefit or negative benefit or is it just neutral? No negative effect, but omega-3 has, has a neutral effect, has no effect whatsoever. In other words, uh, if you're depending on, let's say, omega-3 fatty acids to, uh, to, uh, uh, maintain testosterone, it won't work, but it doesn't have a negative effect. Flaxseed uh, oil, hemp seed oil, things like that. Yeah, they don't have any effect. Yeah, they're, they're all neutral. They don't, they're no negative effects. They won't bring it down. Uh, they showed this in a Japanese study with humans. It, uh, just had no effect whatsoever on testosterone. Uh, it has to be those two types of fat, saturated or monounsaturated. 
Now, the fats, it's important because it helps convert cholesterol into testosterone in the testes, or is there yeah. another mechanism? Okay. Well, also, the, it, it, it's involved with the stuff called STAR, which is a kind of a transport right. mechanism that, that transports, uh, let me see how to put it. it, it transports cholesterol. That's what it is. It, it, mm-hmm. it, 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 somehow those fatty acids interact with that system. To, and, you know, this STAR protein is the actual thing that transports the cholesterol into the Leydig cells where now you have the enzymatic cascade that follows where, you know, the enzymes, I think it first turns, is it, is it progesterone? I can't remember that. It first yeah, I, believe, I believe it is progesterone, yeah. And then you go down the cycle and eventually becomes uh, testosterone. So that's why it, it's important. It's basically, it's, you could say it kind, of, kind of supports the metabolism of cholesterol for use in testosterone synthesis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was an amino acid that was marketed as a testosterone booster for a while, and that was the mechanism that they uh, say that uh, it produced. Oh, well, you're talking about that stuff. Uh, oh God, what's it called? Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it, it used to be around. It used to be in a lot of products, but I haven't heard about it recently. Oh, I, it's funny, I'm, I'm blank on it, but I know which one you mean because I did two articles on it. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. I mean, this yeah. is a couple of years ago that this thing yeah, is it hot. Was, it was shown in a couple of studies initially to uh, raise testosterone. I think the first one was an animal study. Yeah, it was about 40% increase. And then one of the negatives, though, is that prolactin levels went way up to the point where some men were lactating. (laughs) (laughs) Which I guess it's okay if you like, you want to make your, I guess a lot of men like having their own breasts. They want to make their own breast milk, too. Well, if you're into organic milk, it's, uh, you know, the really bad thing about prolactin from a man's point of view, besides the milk production and possible gynecomastia, is that prolactin is very, very uh, antithetical to getting erections. <laughs> In other words, it tends right. to make you impotent. So that's yeah. another you don't want to have high prolactin levels, you know. But but uh, this amino acid, uh, the second article I wrote about it was because they came out with uh, two studies that showed it actually, you know, these were really much more carefully done studies, better designed. It actually had a reverse effect. It lowered testosterone instead of increasing it. When I came across the study, I got to write about this right away because at the time this stuff was still selling really big, you know. You know, and so I said I got to tell people that this stuff it has it can have a reverse effect. Yeah, deaspartic know? acid. That's, that's what it was. Deaspartic yeah. acid. Yeah. yeah, I don't recommend that stuff. I mean, uh, I don't think it's as bad as they say, but I mean, because again, this study involved people that weren't involved in it. You always have to take that into account. The study subjects. A lot of people, you know, they hear about a study, they don't look at the details. You know, you have to separate, for example, sedentary people from an exercising population. Right, you right. To, you know, in the exercise studies, nine, nine out of ten times they use untrained college students or something like that. Yeah, now, the now, HM, you, HMB studies is what right, comes right. to mind when you bring that up, yeah. How could you compare somebody that's never lifted a weight to somebody that's trained for three years or more? Come on, it's right. a completely different reaction. And as we all know here, all of us know, when you first start lifting weights, I don't care what your genetics are, you're going to make gains no matter what you do. Right. I mean, right. this exercise, because the first, <laughs> the first two months it's involve true. a neuromuscular uh, uh, activation. So that you're basically opening up the channel from the, between the muscles and the brain. So you, you, that, that's going to cause the initial muscle growth. It makes no difference what you do, whether you give HMB or DMB or H2, whatever, H2O. <laughs> okay. a, lot of, a lot of acronyms there. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I mean, I like uh, to combine my HMB with H2O and BCAA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, 
But the, and what about the vitamins and minerals for optimal testosterone production as well as higher free testosterone? Vitamin A, D, zinc, magnesium? Is there, yeah, is there but, any, well, anything all, beyond that? Well, they're all important because they're involved in enzymatic reactions. The vitamin D receptors, I mean, you have them in the, in the testes, right? I mean, uh, right. they must be there for a reason. Now, the studies on vitamin D and testosterone are paradoxical because some of them show that vitamin D increases testosterone. And that's the reason why vitamin D is included in a lot of uh, testosterone-boosting supplements. Uh, other, other studies show that uh, it, it uh, doesn't, have, doesn't seem to have an effect. Uh, but with my personal feeling, looking at all the studies, I say that it depends on your vitamin D status. Uh, in other words, I think if you have, let's say, normal levels of vitamin D, you're not, you're going to get less of an effect on testosterone if you take a vitamin D supplement. But the point is, and you guys know this to be true, I'm telling you, I would say 80, 90% of people walking around don't have optimal vitamin D levels. Oh yeah. I, yeah, oh, yeah. First time I got tested, I was depleted. I was like, what? Look at it this way. The only really solid way to get vitamin D is exposure to the UV rays, a certain spectrum from the sun. The sun has to be in the right spot in the sky. If you have dark dark skin, if you're fat, if you're old, your body is not going to convert the the ultraviolet, is not going to convert the the cholesterol in the skin into uh, testosterone. I'm uh, I'm sorry. No, into vitamin D, I should say. There's a lot of factors that go. Now, most people don't walk around with this. You know, if you live in northern latitudes in the winter, you're not going to walk around with your shirt off. And even if you did, the sun's not in the right spot in the sky anyway. You're not going to get the correct uh, wavelength. So, wait, so that leaves food. Where are you going to get the vitamin D in food? Some foods contain egg yolks, this and that, some fish. Yeah, but, some mushrooms, low amounts, though. Well, now what? Now, I'll tell you what. You mentioned mushrooms, Mike. I found when I did my research on D, there's something called irradiated mushrooms, which are mm. actually loaded with vitamin D. If you really? eat okay. that, you would not need to take any vitamin D supplement. They're really? loaded with oh. it. They're loaded with it, right? But now, if if we if we if we look at the food, uh, again, uh, you know, you got the vitamin D milk and this and that. It has the bad form of a vitamin. I think it has a vitamin D two in it, which is instead right. which is enough right. to cure a vitamin D deficiency. But it, it, uh, the difference between D2 and D3 is that D2, the synthetic stuff, is more or less in and out of the body, whereas the D3 lasts a lot longer. So it's actually better for you. But the point is, if you're not going to get it in food, you're not going in the sun, where the fuck do you get it? That's my question. <laughs> and I said this in that subsequent movie. I don't think they use that part. I use vitamin D as an example. In other words, the doctors say that, that people should avoid supplements at all costs. They're all garbage. They're all snake oil. They're all bullshit. And I said, okay, where do people are supposed, where are you supposed to get vitamin D? If you're not going in the sun, you're not get, you're not going to get enough vitamin D to race out into to the, what they call 25 dehydroxychola calciferol, which is the, uh, plasma level of vitamin D. It has to be between, it has, the optimal levels are between 30 and 65. Right? There's no way of getting to that level unless you get in about 2,000 units of uh, D a day. Now, you have yeah. either supplement form. Now, the, uh, you know, I, I, and I, I, take, I take a lot more than that personally. I, I, I found I had to take 10,000 to get into that 60 range. Just 5,000 alone wasn't enough. I had to take 10,000. And this is D3, by the way. There's, there are vegan options of D3, right, too. Sure. So it was a D3 supplement. Right. Now, the thing is, though, if you start out, like you said, you start out at a low deficient level, you're going to have to take more for a while. Just to bring it up, you know, get right. the level up, you know. But but I myself, I'll be honest with you, I I take uh, I was just thinking about it. I just calculated it the other day. I was curious to see how much D I'm taking for my supplements. Right now, I'm I'm getting eight thousand units a day. 
Now, I have no problems with uh, hypervitaminosis D, where you get the calcium uh, uh, laying down in your car. And you, that's the, what the doctors trying to scare people. If you take the vitamin D, it's fat-soluble. It's going to build up in your body and your arteries. <laughs> you know, this right. bullshit. The truth is, the studies show you can take up to 10,000 units of D for years without any side effects whatsoever. And guess what? If you're worried about it, very simple solution. You take a vitamin K2 supplement. Right. Mike, you're probably already getting plenty. Yeah, a lot of times they're sold together, too, vitamin yeah, D3 sold. and K2. What vitamin K2 does, not K1, but K2 uh, or K7, it, what it does, it activates an enzyme that basically redirects the calcium. Instead of, instead of going into your arteries, it goes in the bones where it's supposed to go. So basically, you can look at K2 or K7 as a, uh, uh, what is it called, an antidote to uh, vitamin D problems. I, I right. really think the right. two should be taken together. I really believe that, just just for safety reasons. The odds are if you just take vitamin D alone within that 10,000-unit range, you're not going to have any problem. But if you're worried about it, throw in a K2 or K7. I take K2 or K7 just for the hell of it anyway. You know, I, yeah. I take one a day. I take a little tab, uh, capsule every day. Just mm-hmm. one. I just take one a day. That's it. You know, has about 200, uh, what is it, uh, 200, um, uh, is it, I think it's micrograms. Micrograms. Too. Yeah, I just take yeah, it. Yeah, I believe that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I take it with a little bit of, uh, you know, olive oil or something, because it's a fat-soluble vitamin. You know, that's another thing. You always want to take vitamin D with uh, some form of fat, because it is a fat-soluble vitamin. And they've shown in the studies, when you take it even with a little bit of fat, I'm talking like a tablespoon of olive oil, or something like that, or coconut that's oil. What, yeah, that's what's in my, my olive oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you increase the absorption of the D by 67%. So you should always take, you don't need a lot of fat. People say, when you well, you got to take it with fat. Oh, well, I got to eat a, you know, a, a tub of lard. No! You take it. <laughs> <laughs> so what, yeah, keep that up. You're going to be a tub of lard. He's <laughs> like, oh, oh, i got to take my the fact, the fact, that's the first thing they thought of. It's <laughs> pretty telling, too. Well, wait, gotta, They're almost my, hoping the answer is yes. <laughs> i got to take my vitamin D. Let me, let me, let me chew on this uh, stick of butter here. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a protein shake in the morning, which has some fats in it, either cashew nuts or olive oil or coconut oil. So I'm, I'm assuming if I take the supplement, let's say I, it's usually two glasses. I drink one glass, and then by the time I get the second one, that's when I take the supplements that I take with a fat-based meal. Yeah, you're fine. But getting back to your question, every, I'm sure you guys are aware zinc is in a very important mineral for testosterone. Yeah. Very important. And, you know, zinc is uh, – uh, uh, I mean, if you are zinc deficient – you literally don't make testosterone. A lot of people don't realize that. It usually shows up, in, like people in the Middle East, for some reason, a lot of them are zinc deficient. Oh. These people are hypogonadal, only from lack of zinc. Believe wow. it or not, only from lack of zinc, they have literally no testosterone production. It explains but a lot. It explains a lot with my, with my in-laws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the fringe of my wife's family, because, you know, they're all Middle Eastern. You just answered a lot of questions right there. <laughs> I mean, not, my father-in-law, not my father-in-law. He's the epitome of testosterone. Now, but everyone else, I'm like, how did, how did he win the gene pool in his family? <laughs> you know, by being the Sears, one alpha. Sears going, finally, finally an answer. Well, there's an answer. Exactly. I can tell them whatever they need to know now. Like, hey, you know what? You need zinc, bro. <laughs> Whenever they talk about a problem, it's like that's not the problem. You know what the problem is? You have zinc deficiency. <laughs> like what? Right. Like what? That's why my car broke down. Yeah, that's why your car broke. Down. Your pants don't fit. Zinc deficiency. <laughs> that's why you're walking down the streets of Egypt holding hands. Come on, man. <laughs> one of the studies. I don't know how this is possible. You know, don't ask me this one. One of the studies. These young guys in maybe Egypt, one of the Middle East, they were zinc deficient. They gave zinc, 
And as a side effect, these guys, their penises grew. Their penis. <laughs> now, now wait. Who's observing that study? <laughs> <laughs> I hesitate to say this because I'm afraid if people hear this, they're going to run out. They start popping zinc tablets. Oh, that, that, that's that's like, already happened. <laughs> you know, like, man, right now see. we're on Amazon ordering. They're <laughs> like, I got zinc and the blue pill? Man, I'm going to be a god. <laughs> the guys who have hang-ups about their penis size are all going to run out and buy zinc. You know what I'm saying? You know, and there could be problems. First of all, they're going to have a problem anyway because you guys know if you follow the news, zinc is one of the uh, nutrients yep. they're strongly recommending as a preventative against the COVID-19. Because zinc right. does, you know, basically, well, yeah. I mean, I, I tried to buy, I was, uh, when I, you know, I tried to buy zinc lozenges the other day just for the hell of it. I couldn't get it anywhere. They were sold out everywhere because all these videos are telling people to take zinc lozenges, you know, because you have to let it coat your throat. Because the COVID, the virus that causes COVID-19, it starts out by adhering to cells in the throat. And if you have a, a zinc is there from the lozenge, the zinc prevents it from adhering. Boom, you don't get the COVID-19. That's the, that was the idea. It's not really true, but zinc does <laughs> have certain uh, immune stimulating effects. And, and, and the way, uh, the way the COVID-19 interacts with epithelial cells, zinc really does have preventive effects. So well, we, had, we had Dr. Gordon on a while back or a couple episodes ago, and he, he said that with zinc, you need a zinc ionophore, such as quercetin or EGCG, the green tea extract, because basically he was saying that, that the hydroxychloric we hear about in the news a lot, one of the mechanisms of protection is that it's a zinc ionophore, gets zinc in advanced virus replication and so forth. So I think that it doesn't mean that you have to take quercetin and zinc or hydroxychloroquine and zinc at the same time. You just need to make sure that your zinc levels are optimal so that it can, right. so that the quercetin or the other ionophores can drive the zinc into the cell membrane and offer protection against the virus. Yeah, that, that's very true. And also, another thing you got to be careful of is you, if you overdo zinc, you know, this is a principle called hormesis. Right. Basically says that uh, a certain amount of a substance or activity is very beneficial to health, but once you go past a certain point, it starts to reverse it and become toxic, right? Like that applies to nutrients, exercise, you name it, you know. And the thing is with zinc, if you go past a certain uh, intake each day, you interfere with the metabolism uptake of another mineral called copper, right. and you actually give yourself a copper deficiency. Uh, which could be really problematic because among the effects of a copper deficiency or a breakdown of the aorta, which is the great artery that leads from the heart, you don't want that to break down. Trust me, you don't want yeah. that. To, so, yeah. and, so you know, copper is needed for uh, connective tissue. Uh, it's involved in collagen formation. So, anyone who's worried about their joints and ligaments, you know, you got to make sure that you have a copper. And copper is no problem. Unless you, again, take in too much zinc or something like that. Right. And you don't want to take in too much copper either because in the brain it can have what they call pro-oxidant effects, iron and copper, where they, they think it's associated with the onset of Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's if you get too yeah. much. So, so they, which pretty, the phrase, pretty delicate the phrase penny for your thoughts to a whole new level right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Now, so. with, with zinc, I read somewhere, now this could be total nonsense, that if you – if you're zinc deficient and let's say you get a liquid zinc and you taste it and it's super bitter, that's a sign you're zinc deficient. If it's neutral or it tastes like water, or maybe I have it opposite. I have it opposite. If it tastes like water, you're zinc deficient. If, it, if you taste it and it's really bitter, then your zinc levels are optimal. Is that nonsense or is there any truth to any of that? 
Honestly, I don't know about that one. I, 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 it's, I, I'm a little doubtful on that, to be honest with you, but, uh, it's possible. I, I don't, I'm not really sure about that. Well, hopefully the, hopefully the former is true, where if you taste it, it's super bitter, because yeah. I tried it and it was super bitter. <laughs> so, I don't see how it's bitter. I mean, I can't imagine anyone drinking it and it's not bitter. I mean, this was really bitter. Yeah. Well, I can tell you a lot of these nutrients, if you taste them in isolation, they're disgusting tasting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. In fact, I'm going to do an article on a play about, you know, the taste of various nutrients. People don't realize what these things, because, you know, they're mixed in with the flavorings. A lot of these things, I mean, are shocking. <clears throat> I remember uh, years ago they compared arginine, you know, the amino acid arginine. Somebody compared it to dog vomit. I remember. I, hey, I, first I of all, how do they know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Man, that tastes just like dog vomit. <laughs> that was my thought. How would they know it's, it's similar to dog vomit? I would, yeah. I would hope that just because of the, you know, sometimes the smell is like the taste. So yeah. hopefully when they're tasting that, it's like, okay, this is like the smell of dog vomit. I uh, really hope that's what it was. I really do. Yeah. yeah we don't want to know further. Exactly. People are into whatever they're into, but I don't, that doesn't mean I want to hear about it. I'm not judging. <laughs> you know? I'm just not, I'm just not joining. That's all. <laughs> That's true. You're right. Now, now let, let's segue a little bit into this su- supplements that help with protection against COVID-19 or just improving immune system health in general, because we don't know specifically what works against COVID-19. It's more based on similar viruses such as SARS and so forth. Yeah. But let's, let's start with nitric oxide because you've written a lot about nitric oxide. Now, I have seen some research that optimal levels of nitric oxide also offer cells protection and prevents against virus replication. So assuming that's true, what would be the best sources to increase nitric oxide, food and supplements? Definitely. Uh, I, I would go, my personal opinion, arginine, of course, as we know, is the actual media precursor. Nitri- uh, uh, nitric oxide synthetase uh, enzyme converts L-arginine in, directly into nitric oxide, but also the problem with arginine is they have a gastrointestinal barrier. You have this enzyme called arginase, which breaks down 40% of uh, the intake of arginine, what that means in practical terms. Some people will get nitric oxide benefit from arginine. Other people won't. It all depends on the activity of the – it's a kind of a genetic thing, you know. But for and most – Some people some people are going to crap their pants if they take too much. Yeah, that's the other possibility. Well, you know, if, you take, <laughs> if you take in more than uh, – oral intake of more than 10 grams of arginine at once, and, and unfortunately that's about the amount you'd have to take to get an effective nitric oxide – synthesis 10 grams orally uh about half the people are gonna you know you know like you say crap in the pants or <laughs> have, you know have, <laughs> have, gas- have some one diarrhea or some yeah, gastrointestinal that, distress that, right so i would i would go to answer your question <clears throat> the best nitric oxide sources in my opinion are citrulline <clears throat> citrulline of course is uh the best source natural source is watermelon and the thing about citrulline is that uh, it's not, uh, it hasn't, I can go into citrulline. I mean, they found recently, interestingly, it actually has the same effect as leucine at stimulating mTOR, which is oh, really? amazing yeah. when you think about it. If you know, yeah. if you know anything about mTOR, I mean, that's mm-hmm. the key to muscle protein, but that's a whole different topic. But related to, uh, uh, nitric oxide, when you take citrulline, you know, it bypasses the arginase barrier, so it's not broken down by arginase. It travels to the kidney, enzymes in the kidney convert it to arginine, goes back in the blood. As soon as that arginine encounters the nitric oxide synthase enzyme, which is all over the place in the endothelium of the blood vessels, boom, there you get nitric oxide. So it's a pretty reliable source for just about anybody. Another alternative, and, you know, you can appreciate this, Mike, as a, as a vegan, 
beet juice. Beet juice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I so, love beet juice. But the, the key to, with beet juice is, uh, you know, the thing about beet juice, I'm going to do an article about this, too. The thing I find kind of amusing about beet juice is that the research is always evolving. Every other month, something comes out that contradicts the stuff before. For example, beet juice, they were telling people to get an ergogenic effect, meaning an increased nitric oxide effect from beet juice. You should have it two and a half hours before training, minimal two and a half hours, because it takes that long for the, you know, the enzymes in the saliva. It starts with the nitrites that in the, in the beet juice. The enzymes uh, that are found in certain oral bacteria start to convert into nitrate. It goes in the uh, gut where other enzymes convert the nitrite into nitric oxide. This takes a while, about two and a half hours. That's what they said. Now they come out with research saying that, well, if you take it too long before a workout, you know, you, the nitric oxide is, is not going to be produced optimally during the workout. So now they're saying to take it an hour before the workout or whatever. But the point being that, it's a good, reliable, very good, reliable source. I've taken a beet juice powder. I, I, you know, I, I can't handle beet juice. I've taken a beet juice powder supplement, and I'll tell you, when I take it, I definitely notice a difference. What I notice is, uh, you know, w- when you have an increase of nitric oxide, when you're working out, you, it, it increases oxygen delivery because nitric oxide dilates the blood vessels, so you inc- get an increased oxygen delivery to the muscles. What I notice is that, uh, first of all, I have a, a trem- much more muscle endurance, and when I do aerobics, it goes a lot easier. I'm not yeah. huffing, huffing. Yeah, I, I know it's the same thing. Yeah, yep. I can do high intensity intervals without. I mean, I'm not going to mm-hmm. say it's easy because it's never easy to do high intensity interval training. But I mean, it's a lot easier when I've had the beet juice compared to when I've, I've tried both occasions. Couldn't be a placebo effect. But I've noticed a huge difference. So that's the thing. But in relation, interestingly enough, in relation to COVID-19, you got to be careful. Because one of the things that happens, you might have heard the expression cytokine storm. Uh, this is basically uh, an overproduction of inflammatory cytokines. Cytokines are proteins made by immune uh, cells. And, you know, sometimes they, you know, they, they normally they, they're protective. But uh, occasionally when they're released, like suddenly in, in huge amounts, they're very destructive. It's kind of an autoimmune. This is one of the reasons why people die from COVID-19. A large right. percentage of, of die because of, of this so-called cytokine storm. Well, one of the, uh, unfortunately, one of the mediators of cytokine storm is nitric oxide produced mm. in greater than normal amounts. And I used to tell this to people years ago when I was talking about nitric, you know, NO supplements. I, I used to say, you know, you don't want a lot of, you know, people would say, I want more nitric oxide. I want to have a better pump. And I always used to tell them, no, you don't want huge amounts of nitric oxide because if you get nutri- huge amounts, what happens is you go into shock, your blood pressure drops. You ever hear, you know, septicemia, septic shock? You ever right. hear of that? Yeah, right. The reason, yeah. the reason people die from that is they get a massive release of nitric oxide, which makes their blood pressure drop so low that everything shuts down and they die. It's got a 50% mortality rate. Wow. When you go to the hospital with septicemia, the, what the doctors are trying to do is do everything they can to raise your blood pressure. Because if they can't get your blood pressure up, you're dead. It's that simple. So unfortunately, you might want to, you know, I'm not saying that taking uh, beet juice or citrulline is going to cause problems with somebody with COVID-19, but I, I wouldn't emphasize that. In other words, um, you know, just in case, and, you know, because not everyone gets the cytokine storm. Obviously, the people that survive don't get it. The people that don't get it and they usually die. But just for safety reasons, I'd say not to focus on, let's say, nitric oxide stimulation if you suspect that you have COVID-19. 
Instead, I would look at stuff like uh, I've seen some really, really very impressive research on vitamin D and vitamin mm-hmm. C. And you guys probably know in, in Japan, there's a couple of doctors there. I, I think they've made YouTube videos. They've claimed to actually um, – it was only something like uh, 15 patients. I can't remember offhand. They gave them intravenous vitamin C, something like 10,000 milligrams or more, and, yeah. and 100% of them were cured of, of COVID-19, 100%. Now, you know, American doctors have criticized the study. It wasn't controlled. It wasn't this or that, you know. But if you look at the mechanisms of how vitamin C can interact, it actually can head off stuff like cytokine storm. It can actually prevent it from occurring in the first place. In other words, taking high-dose vitamin C will will kind of prevent your body from slipping into the mechanisms, which cause the pneumonia and the the cytokine storm that kills you. In other words, vitamin C, I believe, in, in large doses, I'm not so sure about orally, but intravenously, I think you can mean the difference between life and death for a lot of people with COVID-19. And vitamin D activates T cells. Vitamin D maintains your immune system. It will make, it's very important. You gotta beef up your immune system. When you take vitamin D, for example, a lot of people don't realize killer T cells, which are the, which are the type of immune cells which kill viruses and incipient cancers, they they need they need vitamin D activated vitamin D to be to be activated. In other words, without vitamin D, the T cells don't work properly, and the T cells are very important. Again, that can mean the, the difference between surviving and dying when you had COVID nineteen. So the uh, and zinc, of course, we know you know the zinc as you pointed the zinc ionosphere. All these things, I think, uh, I don't know why the doctors are they're playing it down now. They're saying that you know this stuff uh, there's no proof and there's not enough studies and, you know, this and that, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, even the hydroxyquinolone. I mean, there's been quite a few people that have been cured from that alone. And they're talking about how it can cause cardiac arrhythmias. But in the meantime, people with lupus have been taking that drug for years and very few of them get cardiac arrhythmias. Very, right. and, and the right. same, and it's been used to treat malaria for over 30 years. As far as I know, very few people have died from a, a heart disease who, who took that drug. And, and when you use it to treat COVID-19, you're only giving it for five days. Right. That's what I was going to say. You're not on it long enough to have any serious consequences. You're on it for a week. And, 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 I, and I assume that you're going to be monitored by physicians. They can hook with work, you know, hook you up to the EKG. They can see how your heart's reacting. So, you know, uh, my point being, here's my point. Why not try? Uh, all right. Let's, let's put aside hydroquinolone. These nutrients, if you're looking at death, and they have no real treatment because that's the official statement. As we're talking right now, there is no definitive treatment for COVID-19. Nothing. Nothing. They're talking about vaccines coming a year, a year and a half. Right now, there's nothing. If you're in the hospital, I'll, I'll speak for myself. If I'm in the hospital and I'm, I'm looking at death because I have asthma, I'm considered high risk for COVID, uh, for uh, serious effects of COVID-19. Anybody with any pre-existing pulmonary problems is considered high risk along with older people and this and that. But if I'm lying there and, and you know, I, I would say to the doctor, I want the fucking, I, 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 give me the IV. I don't give a shit whether you say it doesn't. <laughs> give it to me now. You, give me, let me take my vitamin D, my vitamin E. I want zinc. I want it. Give it to me now. You guys have no other option. Don't 
put me on the ventilator where I died three days later because right. you fucking couldn't help me. The, the success, the success, we keep hearing about the ventilators, but the ventilators are essentially a death sentence because so exactly. few people survive. On, yeah. once, once they're on a ventilator, I mean, you're, you're knocking on death's door. Very few people come out the other end. Exactly. But the, the vitamin C, the IV vitamin C, there's a journal of orthomolecular science, something like that. I'll send it over to you, Jerry, if you're not familiar with it. Yeah. I, I've posted a few of their articles on Instagram and sent out to my newsletter. But apparently, now this is coming from China, so I understand yeah. some. we have to be a little bit suspicious yeah. of anything coming out of China. But let's say apparently in some of the hospitals out there, they have been using very high dosage vitamin C, 10,000 milligrams or more, as you mentioned, yeah. especially when it gets to the very dangerous stages of the disease where people – could potentially die if they're not given some kind of treatment. Right. Even with older people, the, the success rate has been really high. I forget the exact percentage off the top of my head. But it was, it was high enough that I, I actually started getting IV vitamin C once a week when this first started. I stopped because yeah. I didn't really feel like it's that beneficial as a preventive. It's more right. that once you're fighting it, you can just take – the vitamin C you get from your diet and so forth should be enough as, as keeping your immune system strong. But what, once you have – COVID-19, then I think, why not? You know, it's not, it's not right. going to hurt anything. It's not going to make the situation worse. I have a friend, actually a friend of a friend over in New Jersey. He's a, he's a very smart guy, very well-versed in, in nutrition and supplements and so forth. And he, he's fighting COVID-19 right now. Oh. And his girlfriend's a nurse practitioner, so she's been giving him really high dosage of vitamin C. And this is, I'll have to follow up with my friend and find out what his status is, but it, it was seemed to be working pretty well. He seemed to be, and he's a young guy too, so he probably yeah. would have fought it off anyway. Yeah. But why not stack the deck in your favor, especially with something that it's not going to cause any harm. Oh. <laughs> you know? well, so let's, let's thing, give it a shot. Here's the thing, Mike. I mean, what you said about China's valid. We can't really fully trust them. I don't argue that point. But the point is, if you look at the mechanisms of why vitamin C would be of help right. to right. COVID-19, it's right there. You don't have to respect the Chinese or believe them, it's right there. It's a fact. Uh, uh, it, it, it inhibits certain mechanisms that push you into the death stage. There's no question about it. Now, the controversy I have about I, I, I'm not questioning intravenously, but my, my, my problem is I, I've seen a couple of videos, you guys might have seen this too, where people are, are telling, uh, uh, you know, because not everybody has access to intravenous vitamin C, you know. Right. So they're telling people, if you think, if you suspect that you have been exposed to COVID-19 or you might have it, you should right away start taking, excuse me, you should right away start taking uh, uh, oral loading doses of vitamin C. When this one Asian woman, I, I don't remember her exact record, but I, I, offhand, I think she said, start out with a dose of 3,000 milligrams of oral C and take uh, 1 to 2,000 milligrams every hour for 12 hours after that. She said that will, compl- will, will, will eradicate the, the virus from, from basically getting into your body and, and causing like the cytokines, it'll basically neutralize it, right? My problem with that is everything I've read about vitamins, oral vitamin C, shows that there's a limit to oral absorption. Right. I, uh, according to what I've read, some pharmacokinetic studies show that if you take uh, anything more than 200 milligrams of orally uh, ingested vitamin C is excreted. So if you take 500 or 1,000, more than half of it is immediately pissed right out of the body, right? What so, about liposomal vitamin C? Would liposomal, that improve? I haven't seen a lot of pharmacokinetic. That might be different. Uh, I think yeah. some people are recommending liposomal. That might have a different absorption rate. But my point is that 
honestly, I, I'm not so sure about the oral C, but you yeah. know, they, these people seem to think, and this is the thing I question, they come out with a statement that, well, you know, it's true that your body can only absorb a certain amount of oral C. However, when your body is under siege with an illness, whether it's the flu, the cold, or whatever, or COVID-19, <clears throat> something happens where your body actually accepts much greater amounts of C. I have not seen any scientific uh, proof of that at all. I looked for it. I've never okay. seen it. it. seems to be anecdotal. But yeah. I mean, if we assume that's true, and again, you're taking on people's words. They might have pulled it out of the air, or maybe they feel it, it, it helps them that way. You know, I mean, certainly Linus Pauling believed that. <clears throat> you know, that 1970 book of a common cold. He believed. Well, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of my. Pro- I mean, last year I had a, a nasty flu, which turned yeah. into pneumonia, and it sounds very similar to what people are dealing with with COVID nineteen. Right. I, I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I should feel good that they say if you've had pneumonia within a year, you're at higher risk. And I have I did have pneumonia within a year. But anyway, I, I made respiratory health a priority. So I feel pretty good right now. But I, I when I when I was going through this flu, I did get vitamin C therapy, I believe, twice. And to be honest, it, it didn't benefit. It didn't, it didn't I didn't notice any experience, any benefit whatsoever. Now, I don't know if it's because late in the game, maybe I needed to be a little bit earlier. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm just putting that out there so that people listening don't think that we're just saying, hey, man, everyone should go out there and get IV vitamin C as a preventative yeah. or as a cure because it, yeah. it looks interesting. My experience with fighting flus is that at least the time I got it, it didn't – I didn't notice any benefit. I mean I was really sick for two weeks. Now, who's to say? Maybe I would have been sick for three or four weeks. Right. If I didn't get, but during those two weeks, I felt like crap and nothing helped, <laughs> you know, until, <laughs> until it ran its course. In defense of these people that are recommending C, I have to admit, they always emphasize you have to take the C at the, uh, right at the start. As soon as you suspect right. you have, words, that's what I want to. Yeah, once it's entrenched in the body, vitamin C probably won't do much. Uh, maybe right. the intravenous right. might help, but certainly oral won't help. But there's an interesting thing where you, re- you mentioned the flu. <clears throat> There's a substance called elderberry. Do you ever take elderberry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I took that. another thing that's another that. thing that's been sold out during this whole right. pandemic because people found out about <laughs> yeah. it and well, the, they wiped the, the shelves people, of it. Well, the reason is because elderberry, and I've been telling people this for 25 years, elderberry actually decreases the length of a flu time. In other words, it shortens the uh, the time that you have a flu. It actually uh, helps your body deal with the flu. But you don't want to take elderberry. That's you don't want to take elderberry if you have or you think you have COVID-19, because guess what? Elderberry promotes cytokine release. And mm. you don't want to promote cytokine release when you think you have COVID, because you can slip into that cytokine storm. You know, when that happens, you're hanging on a thread, buddy. I'm telling you, you know, yeah. the, the people, yeah. I'm telling you, I, I, I really believe that, you know, to, 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 to put it in one statement, I think that the people that survive uh, COVID-19, uh, are, are generally start out with fairly good immune response. Those right. are the ones that have the best chance. You get somebody that's immunocompromised to begin with, where their immune system is not fully activated or not working up to par, those are the people that are going to be in big trouble or even die. That's what I believe. Yeah. I, I truly believe that. And what, what do you do to, well, you know, there's a lot of things. For example, you, you got to eat right. You got to take all your nutrients. What are the immune cells made out of? They're made out of protein. You got to eat a certain amount of protein. One thing that a lot of people overlook, a lot of people, I mean, this is, this is epidemic now, sleep. 
people oh, don't realize yeah. the importance oh, yeah. of sleep. When you don't get enough sleep, guys, your cytokines, <clears throat> you know, your protective side, because a couple of them are protective, they go down, the T-cell activation goes down, cortisol goes up, cortisol is anti, uh, is, uh, uh, which I said, it, it depresses immunity, and also, you know, it, it, the GH level, which also is involved in it, that goes down. All these things come into play, not getting enough sleep, you know, you can have, let's say, normal immune response. Let's say you have a normal immune response, but for some reason you get, you're going on four hours, five hours sleep. God help you if you get exposed to this COVID-19 because you're going to be in trouble because you're not going to have full immunity. I'm not saying you're going to die, but it's going to be much harder for you than if you had enough sleep. Because without sleep, your immune system, and not to mention testosterone, one night of, of not enough sleep, one night, one night, and a 19-year-old guy drops the testosterone 15%. Just one night. One night. Yeah. And that's a guy 19 years old when the testosterone is at its maximum for his whole life. Just one night. Think about that. Yeah. And testosterone is important for a healthy immune system, too, and heart health and so many other factors. So having depleted testosterone is not doing you any favors with fighting COVID-19 either. Or having a poor hormonal profile, period. HEA is really important for your immune system. Pregnenolone, all these things. Yeah, well, the H, uh, the HGH. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, growth hormone for sure. Yeah, growth hormone. Uh, they think that it has something to do with. Uh, years ago, I, I don't know if it still holds true, but years ago, I remember they th- saying one of the features of growth hormone was that it regenerated the thymus gland. The thymus gland, of course, is the source of, of T cells and a lot of your immune cells. And uh, by regenerating the thymus gland, you get a huge improvement in immunity. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the reasons why they think that people's uh, Immune systems tend to get depressed as they get older. A lot of it is related to uh, decreased growth hormone release. Uh, you yeah. know, you know, a lot of people, uh, as you know, when they get past 40, the growth hormone starts to decline. But one right. with, a lot of people, it happens with testosterone, all the generally the older, you know, women with the estrogen. It happens with all the hormones. But in case of uh, growth hormone, it is related to uh, immune function. So a lot of the older people, you know, again, with low growth hormone levels, that's one of the reasons why they're open to having more serious complications if they are unfortunate enough to uh, acquire this COVID-19. Yeah, and then poor sleep, poor sleep, no growth hormone, no growth hormone, no testosterone. Maybe some of the reasons. Maybe some of the data with melatonin, like some one doctor talked about high, really high dosage melatonin, maybe affect. I did a video just yesterday on melatonin and COVID-19. Maybe it's because of, it knocks someone. You take so much melatonin, you're you're asleep all the time. I mean, oh. then you're asleep. Well, that's you're asleep, the, and your immune system works better. Well, that's one of the mechanisms. It does uh, help sleep, but it also <clears throat> helps modify those cytokines. It's also involved in that, and it, and it does uh, the antioxidant effect uh, because uh, with uh, COVID-19, you have a huge amount of oxidation occurring also. So that's another reason why vitamin C would help because vitamin C, as you know, is an antioxidant. And uh, by by uh, by knocking out a lot of the free radicals and reactive oxygen species that, that go up in tremendous amounts when you have COVID-19, that alone will kind of temper the disease and could save your life right there. That's another possible mechanism. But again, like you said earlier, I, I do believe that if you're going to use the vitamin C root uh, or actually any of these nutrients, zinc, vitamin D, you should take it, you know, before you have the full-blown disease. You should be taking these things regularly oh, yeah. to, as preventive. Yeah. yeah, they're not cures. Nobody's saying they're cures. But what I'm saying is they, they will beef up your immune system. And, if you, if, again, if you're unfortunate, 
you know, and the thing I find alarming, I don't know about you guys, is these statistics about people. I mean, this is scary. People are walking around with this disease. It takes like sometimes, what, 14 days to show full symptoms. They could be transmitting the disease without even even knowing it. You could walk by somebody. They could cough. The droplets, they, they stay in the air for 30 minutes before they hit the ground. You breathe in that air. You're not wearing one of these masks or something. You got COVID-19, just like they injected into you. It's that simple. That's what scares me. You know? Yeah, that is, that is scary. But I mean, at the same time, I think what same people thing. need to focus on is if, if you're going to be exposed to this at some point, if it's as contagious if as everyone already. is talking about it is. Right. Yeah. So I mean, all of us have probably been exposed to it already or we're yeah. going to be. So that, that's on a, avoidable in society yeah. because what are we going to do we're just going to stay locked up for the next 18 months you know that's not going to work either so we're, we're all we're going to have to introduce we're going to have to open up society right. in incremental steps very so, soon that's just that's, gonna what's have to get exposed to it. that's why we have our immune system so getting back to the point is you know when you're doing preventative things already to strengthen your immune system because if that's the case then we'd have to be in bubbles from the flu from pneumonia from hell just pr- pretty much anything that can break down the immune system if it's not healthy so it's not like this thing is a phenomenon all by itself i mean this is the 19th strain of this damn thing so obviously we've made it so far with the other 18 so well, it's not it's it's covid-19 is based on when it came out 2019 it's not yeah. the 19th strain <laughs> yeah. that's what that's that's what fucking Kellyanne Conway said she's like oh, oh this, this is covid-19 it's not covid-1 and i hear people keep repeating that stuff yeah. now who knows how many corona if if we're saying coronaviruses Virus, yes who yeah. knows how many coronaviruses have been out there but it's it's not named covid-19 because oh. there have been 18 that came before it but i mean that it's it would it, i mean it's i can like see a why some furious sequel it's like no no like, i can see why some people are making i mean it, it sounds like a reasonable explanation covid-19 okay this maybe this is the 19th one so i could i cuz i looked into that after i heard some okay. people talking about it cuz i was curious but 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 we have run into tons of different types Every every flu is a coronavirus to start yeah, exactly. off with. So if you've had the flu, you've had coronavirus, just not this one. But they're they're all manifestations of the same type of thing. They're all in the same family, basically. Well, SARS, MERS. Yeah. yeah, I saw a woman. Uh, somebody sent me a video the other day of a woman in Florida where she was saying something about uh, I don't know why people are complaining about opening up the beaches in Jacksonville. She says all you have to do is just quit drinking that Corona beer. <laughs> she was serious, serious. Yeah, the sales have gone way down. She no, the no, well, in the beginning, I, in the beginning, it did. No, no, actually, in the beginning, no, no, the no, first no, couple no. months, it did go down. Their, 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 their stock did go down. It went bad. This, this oh, sure shit. I'm sure it did. Talk about, talk about just stupid. Her name backfiring for reasons that are totally out of your control. I mean, could you imagine somebody thinking that Corona beer causes? I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, they did. Oh. They actually did. Well, you know, what I, you know what I did? I actually, uh, a doctor friend of mine is off. They called me. They asked me, uh, do you want to take, uh, we, we now have tests available to show uh, whether you've actually been, you know, uh, have an immunological response, whether you've been exposed to COVID-19 in the past, or and the other test shows whether you actually have it now. And I said to myself, I'm going to have it done for one reason, because, you know, you mentioned about how a lot of people think they might have had this, and they, 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 a lot of doctors are saying this now. Some people might have had this months ago, but didn't recognize it as COVID-19. And I was thinking back a couple of months ago, I had this thing where 
I, I felt like I couldn't get enough oxygen in Mike and Susie. I, I was always going, I was always breathing. I felt like I wasn't getting I had enough. That, I had that problem last year. Yeah, I, I had, had that it last too. spring. Yeah, last spring, as a matter of fact. I, I, I had just headed. walking around the block. I was breathing. I felt like I was 100 years old. I, was, I, grew, I, was I grew up with asthma, and I was like, block. damn. I had asthma attack in over 30 years. I'm like, is this shit coming back? <laughs> you know, I had to, that was last spring, right before, and all the way up until the beginning of the summer. And I was just like, well, okay, man, what the hell's going on here? Well, I said to myself, I said to myself, now, what could this be? Why am I feeling like I'm not getting enough oxygen? And I came up with two possibilities. First of all, I said, maybe it's a complication of my asthma, but I immediately discarded that because I take my asthma meds and they always control that. So I, I, I ruled out the asthma. Then I said to myself, wait a minute, could it be elevated hematocrit? You know what happens when you yeah. get, uh, uh, you know, because your, your blood gets so thick. That yeah. you'll, you'll probably feel like you're getting it. And then I, I actually had a blood test done. I, I went and had a lab test done. My hematocrit was normal. It wasn't elevated. And then that left me scratching my head yeah. and it lasted for about, about two or three weeks and then disappeared. Now yeah. it makes me wonder, did I have COVID-19? That's why I want to have this test done. I wouldn't be surprised if I had it last year, honestly, because yeah. it, it took, I, I had to get on antibiotics and an inhaler and all kinds of stuff. There's just medications to finally get through it. And it took, a, it, I got through the worst of it in two weeks, but I certainly wasn't back to normal or, or optimal for a long time after. I mean, like six to eight months. And I had to make cardiovascular training a priority. In right. the past, I'm more weightlifting centric and I do, I walk the dogs and I do a little bit of cardio, but it wasn't a priority. After I got over this and I started getting my respiratory health back to a moderate level, I started doing a lot of interval training, either sprinting or on an elliptical machine. Sure. And that made a huge difference because my my respiratory health is really good right now. I feel like my wind is great. And I'm glad that I took the measures to do that because now I feel like I'm way more prepared to deal with what we're dealing with COVID-19 than than if I I were compromised like I was last year. That, by the way, I'm glad you brought out that point because I should have said that earlier. One of the things they also believe is that the, the, the better shape you are in from a cardiovascular uh, viewpoint, the greater yeah. will be your response if you do get COVID-19. Like you say, you're in really good cardiovascular. This is a definite asset should you, uh, actually, uh, unfortunately, God forbid, be, you know, be exposed to this. But the second point I want to make is that they really believe that a lot of people have already, that's why they want to test people, that the immunological test will show whether you've actually been exposed. They think there are, God knows how many people have actually had the disease, but didn't know they had it. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's they, not like it's not like everybody was just traveling to China a couple of months ago <laughs> right. and coming back to the United States. Right. I mean, come on. But, yeah. but that, see, that raises a secondary question. The, what that raises is, if these people were exposed to it and got through it, obviously they're still alive, mm-hmm. Do they have immunity, the Lord's? You know, they're talking about taking blood from people that have had the disease and now produce immune factors, giving it to people that have the disease as a means yeah. of killing them. That's one of the suggested therapies. Now, right. the thing is, the question is, if you, let's say, well, let's say, Mike, you and I are sincere. Let's say we all had it, right? Now, does that mean that because we had it, our body is producing immune factors, which means that if we are exposed to it now, we won't get it. That's the question because, and the reason I raise that is you guys probably know, look at the influenza virus. The reason why they have to come up with a new shot every year is because the influenza virus is 
Did I say influenza? Influenza. Yeah, influenza. influenza. <laughs> the flu virus. It's about the flu. It's called, like the Rona, it's the flu. Yeah. <laughs> the flu virus is notorious for mutating all the time. Right. It's right. basic strains, but they have slow, they, they show slight mutations all the time. Now, if this is the case with this coronavirus, could it, my question is, let's say we did have it and we, you know, we, we, the immune test shows that we had it. Does that mean that our current immunity will protect us or has the coronavirus evolved since then, meaning that we could get it again? Because right. you know, right. did you see the uh, recent news? People in China, they again, you always have to question anything from China. Right. But they're, they're saying now that people that were cured of the disease now have it again. How yeah, Korea, they, Korea as well. That second Korea, wave Korea, is starting yeah. to be discussed. Yeah, Maybe it's Korea, yeah right. South Korea. I'm confusing. No, I, I think it was China as well, but I think uh, China and South Korea are both. Yeah, both. you know, I'm saying to myself, wait a minute. If they just had the disease and they overcame it, how could they get it again? If they if they body produced immune uh, factors against it, why did they get it again? Is this thing uh, is it is it evolving that fast? I mean, that's that is alarming. That means that you know. That means if you and I, if we had it, you know, maybe this coronavirus is evolving so fast that if we're exposed again, we can get it again. See, that's the question I have. There's so many factors, especially since, you know, so many places didn't have proper testing up until a few weeks ago. So, of course, it's like it's been here. That mutation may have already been here, but now you're just not finding it out because you're just not getting tests. And so, like I said, there's so many unknown factors, so many X factors going on with this that we don't know. And, you know, and then all these people are selling, from what I understand, fake tests and stuff like that. that yeah, are not they, they're busting a lot of those places. Yeah, yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't buy any tests online. That's not uh, no. you know, di- diagnostic okay. health or Quest Diagnostics, yeah. sure. Right. But just some yeah. company I've never heard of sends me an email, okay. and I've gotten those. It's yeah, like, yeah. hey, send us 150 bucks, and we'll yeah. send you this test. Oh, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm sure it's effective. Right. Hey, you <laughs> For guys, your bank account. You know, could, you, <laughs> could you imagine taking one of these tests, and they tell you, uh, Mike, and sincere, I'm sorry, but it turns out that you're, you're positive for COVID-19 and you don't have it. So now you're all freaked Mentally, out. Mentally, you're thinking about it and you've pretty much oh created it in your mind. Yeah, what the yeah. fuck is and then, then you, then you start to imagine Making symptoms. symptoms. Yep, you know, exactly. You know, <laughs> now you, now you actually do get sick because yeah, like, so, it's allergy so, season. So the first time you call it like, Oh my, oh, I yeah, do have hours, it. Oh damn. Two hours <laughs> later, now you're walking down there. Well, what is it? I'm having trouble breathing and my throat's dry and I can't smell anything. You can fucking plant it in your mind. This could screw well, people. Yeah. You're running uphill in a, in a very polluted city, dude. Of course, you know, your heart rate is going up and you can't breathe. With cardiovascular training, I've also read somewhere or, or heard a lecture that, let's say when you do interval training, your body temperature goes way up. That's and a, a higher body temperature offers more protection against That's viruses. That's very true. That's why they say, you know, be careful about taking stuff like Tylenol and that kind of stuff because it lowers the fever. You want to have a fever because yeah. one thing yeah. they know about, well, among the things they know about COVID-19 is that it's very sensitive to a temperature, higher temperatures. Now, Trump is going around saying that it's going to disappear when the, when the temperature the gets warmer. <laughs> right. The problem with that is some of the countries that are showing high cases of COVID-19, the temperature is 80, 90 degrees right now. So that doesn't seem to work, unfortunately, you know. And but on top of that, the hotter it gets, people are going to want to stay inside in the air conditioning because we're in the West. We don't have yeah. to be out in the heat. We have, yeah. we have, we have options when it's too hot outside, especially in the yeah. South. So it's, that's going to be counter, you know, 
productive right there. Just like keeping everybody is 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 a catch twenty two by everybody staying locked inside and yeah. quarantining themselves. It's like, well, you're not getting outside, you're not getting any vitamin D, you're not raising your body temperature because you're probably sitting in the AC. So it's like, are you really doing any justice other than the fact you're not spreading it? But yeah. you're probably about to die by yourself. Yeah. You know, come on. Well, you, you know, and, and also, and, and also, given how I mean that the the death rate. No one really knows for sure what the real but death rate is, and a lot of those numbers are padded because it's not COVID nineteen. They're trying to say, "Oh, it's right. killed this." Like, nah, right. that and dude had, anyone, yeah, that dude exactly. had type twelve diabetes. Okay, he's like, well, also, I mean, anyone in the hospital. For for the records, there's there's a lot of cooking the books. So yeah, from yes. what I I don't know. Well, they're getting paid. The, the more you know, they're getting paid a certain amount for you know if someone comes in for COVID nineteen, and then if they have to use a respirator, they're getting money for that. That's so right. then you got you got to factor that in too because don't forget hospitals that's that's a business yeah it's, a, it's not it's about a, healing people so much it's anymore. a it's a astronomical it's a corporation business. man come on and if, apparently if if you have if they even think like, let's say you died from a heart attack or you died from due to some, COVID something that's not necessarily related to COVID right. if they think that you were even exposed to someone who has it they'll put it down as COVID nineteen yeah. so COVID disease. will get that number but heart disease won't get that number that year right. so. So we don't we don't know what the exact yeah. numbers are, and we oh. don't know if it's ten times more infectious than yeah. the regular flu. Because okay. based on what, based on limited data that's yeah. coming in right now, maybe it is, but we're not going to know that now. We're not going to know that until a year from now, until we Even accumulate then. a lot more data. Right. Yeah. In other words, if you're talking about you know the comorbidities, heart disease, or these other diseases, a lot of times I totally agree they're probably padded the numbers. And the thing is, a lot of these people might actually have COVID-19, but they, uh, they kind of, sub- they coincidentally might go in that, let's say they're, I mean, you go in the hospital, right? And they, you know, let's say you're having trouble breathing or something and you have severe heart disease, you know, and then they tell you, you have COVID-19. A lot of times the stress alone could push right. you over the edge, oh, yeah. but you have a fucking heart attack, you die, and because you tested positive for COVID-19, well, he died of COVID-19. No, he died of a heart attack. Right, exactly. He wasn't entrenched enough yet to cause the pneumonia and the, and the cytokine. So he didn't get to that point. His heart gave out. Well, that that's the other thing I prioritized after I had that horrible flu last year is that my, my, my mother died of a heart attack. She had high blood pressure towards the probably from 45 on until she passed. So well, I've. My my blood pressure tends to run high if I'm not if I'm not doing all the yeah, right too. things. Like like my brother and my dad, their blood pressure is super low. Even if my my dad's not a workout guy or a healthy eater, he just has low blood pressure and handles stress well. It's his genetic card. Same thing with my brother. Now myself, my blood it's not super high, but it's not in what I think is an optimal range. But now since I've been doing all this cardiovascular training, yeah. my blood pressure is great. One fifteen over seventy five. You know, sometimes it's one forty over ninety. Before when I had this horrible flu, uh, when I got the IV, they checked my blood pressure and it was like one eighty. You know, wow. for us. and they're wow. like, "Wow, you know, they're like, are you, have you, are you walking around high blood pressure?" <laughs> I was like, "No, nah, my my blood pressure tends to run a little high, but not that high. It's because I'm dealing with this flu right now." And then the second reading, it went down to one fifty over ninety. Because that's the other thing: when you go to a doctor's office and they're checking your blood pressure, it's going to be higher there. It's going to be higher, especially now, going in the now you're dealing with traffic and trying to drive there. Are you just concerned, like, "Oh, I hope yeah, I don't have high blood pressure?" And then a lot of times. 
They don't even tell you what the number is. I, I like I how they like, never factored that in. They never, I love how they never factored that <laughs> in. Every time I go there, like, oh, your blood pressure's coming. I'm like, first no. of all, it's it's eight o'clock in the morning. I got up at six thirty to get here. I'm not a morning person. I don't wake up until ten o'clock. So you're disrupting my routine. And I drove through traffic, and here I am. I've been waiting outside for thirty, forty five <laughs> minutes. You know, waiting for you to finally take me in. So yeah, of course it's gonna be a little high. So yeah, let's, let's get to the real numbers. That's an expression. Well, there's one. There's, this one cardiologist said best indicator of your of your blood pressure, more accurate is there's a test you where you wear a device and it lets you, yeah. it lets the doctor know your blood pressure over the course of 24 hours, so all the ups and downs, all the fluctuations. Right. And, and that and then you average that for a more accurate indicator because I mean when you get your when you get your blood pressure done, you, you that's your blood pressure at that exact moment, just like right. when you get a blood test like for testosterone. Yeah. That's your testosterone at that exact moment. It's a screenshot. It could be up later. It could be lower later. Well, and not only that, but let's say you uh, you go to the doctor, right? And you know, and they uh, they test your blood pressure. Let's say you just ate a meal. People right. don't realize when you eat a meal, your blood pressure goes up. And if it right. if it has like a little bit of like more sodium than normal, that's exactly. going to raise it up. Yeah, you know, yeah. And look it's at the region. Also, look at the regions you live in. So someone's blood pressure in Montana, you know, is going to probably be a little bit different yeah. from someone down here in Texas now, in, I, in, in the middle of July. Now, right. I have I, I have low blood pressure myself, right? That's my wife, and she's not an athlete, <laughs> but, but she's got she's got the heart rate of Lance Armstrong. Like her resting heart rate is like somewhere in like the forties, oh you know. God. So I'm just I, I look at her. I'm like, you know how hard I had to work to get my heart rate even more closer. You know how many you know how many kettlebell competitions I went through to get that. You know, I sacrificed my left shoulder to get the heart rate. So have fun at your workout. Yeah, she's like, I just hug people and I just make people laugh. Yeah. There you go. I went, to, I went to see my doctor about about a month ago. And they started loading them up with extra patients. I had to sit in the freaking uh, waiting room for two and a half hours, right? And I needed to see him because I needed to have a test done, right? And by the time I went in, the, the uh, nurse uh, puts a cuff on me. And I, I know I have low, lower blood pressure. Because you're pissed off. You've been sitting there for two hours. Of course you're pissed, pissed off. I was fucking, I wanted to kill somebody by that point. <laughs> so the nurse says to me, your blood pressure is a little high. I said, fuck yeah, it's high. I've been sitting here for two and a half fucking hours. What do you expect it to be? I said this, but no, get, getting back to what you were saying, Mike, about this, uh, you know, these genetic relationships, I, I think that, you know, the reason why doctors ask you your family history is because a lot of these things, as you point out, like your, you said, your mother had the hypertension. Yeah. It is, there is a genetic component to a lot of these cardiovascular. Now I have genetics, my genetics, based on my family history, are both cardiovascular disease and di especially diabetes, right? And sure enough, a couple of years, I, I always had fairly good blood glucose, resting blood glucose. But a couple of years as I got older, I noticed it started to rise, right? And the thing is, it's gotten to the point now where the exercise alone is what keeps me. I mean, I'll give you a flat statement. The exercise and diet I do is the only thing that keeps me from slipping into type. My, my father died when he was only two years older than me of complications from type 2 diabetes. He went right. into congestive heart failure. I totally believe the only thing keeping me from type 2 diabetes is my exercise, including the aerobics, and weight, weight, weight training and aerobics, and the uh, diet. This is the reason why I, when they closed the gym down, all the gyms down, the, I don't know what you guys thought. Oh, my, yeah, they are. They're all closed down. Yeah, now. they are. My very first thought was, oh, fuck, what am I going <laughs> to I know when I've taken layoffs, Mike, and I, I don't need a lot of carbohydrates or anything like that. I'm careful about that. But if I don't work out for, let's say, five days, 
my blood sugar starts to get very close to diabetic level just from not no activity. And my very first thought was, fuck, the gyms are closed down. I'm like, I'm dead. I'm not going to die. I'm going to fucking die of diabetic complications, you know? And then I said, and my second thought was, you know, I don't know if you guys realize, you guys I'm sure are aware of this, but the older you get, the faster your muscles atrophy, especially if you've been active. Even if you work out all the time like I do, if you start taking extended layoffs, the muscles shrink. Right. And I, I yeah. compare it to butter on a hot stove. That's pretty bad. That's a total rapper line right there. For the first 10 days of this quarantine after the gym shut down, I didn't do anything. And I'm without the exercise, I, all I do is walk my dog. I'm yeah. sitting there. I'm writing or researching. I'm sitting on my right. fucking ass almost all the time. Now, I know about how bad sitting is for health. So every 20 minutes, I'll get up and walk a room. I'll walk around the room. I'll take a couple of coffee, take the dog. I know about that. But the point is that for the first 10 days, I did no exercise. And and then I I, 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 said, I looked down at my – I swear up. I, I'm not, I, you're going to think I'm making this up. My arms were shrinking by the day. My calves <laughs> disappearing. I started to freak out. I said, oh, my God, I got to do something. I fucking have to. So I looked at these videos they have about free hand exercise. I fell in the shower about uh, two, about a month and a half ago. I slipped in, on, on, in the shower like some people do. I, 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 I managed real fast to twist my body so I didn't land on my head. Otherwise, I wouldn't be talking to you guys. My full weight went on my left shoulder, which is already bad. It's in bad shape. My left shoulder is in really bad shape, right? So I looked at these uh, home videos about having you do push-ups and all this. I couldn't do those exercises. I tried to do a push-up. I don't have trouble doing push-up. When I tried to do a push-up, I couldn't get halfway up. One push-up, my shoulder gave out, right? So I said, what am I going to fucking do? I, you know, I got to do something. I saw an ad on Facebook. You, you ever hear Bowflex dumbbells, the adjustable dumbbells? Yeah, sure. Somebody was selling a, I never use those, but somebody was selling a pair of them for $52. I'm sorry, 50, they went up to 52 pounds. The price was $89. And I was so desperate, guys. This is why you should never do things out of desperation. With, <laughs> I was, I, I'm looking, I'm listening to that price. I'm like, damn, there's still that much. <laughs> I'm so desperate to work out because I have nothing in here. All I have is a stationary bike. I started doing the stationary bike. Right from the day the gym closed, I had the stationary bike here for 30 years. I never, I never used everything. So coat I, hanger. Wasn't, I wasn't worried about. I wasn't. It was a coat hanger. I wasn't worried about cardiovascular. So, but I was worried about the, the muscle stuff, you know. So I, I see this out on Facebook. Uh, Bowflex dumbbell, 52 pounds, 89 dollars, free shipping. Right away, I should have said, wait a minute. They're sending. That's a total of over 100 pounds. They're not paying shipping. I should have had the bells go up. No, I was you're so paying desperate. shipping already. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was so desperate. I, you know, the rest of the story. I, I gave my credit card. It oh. turned out to be a big scam. I, I noticed they had about 30 different ads under different company names. Wow. After about two days, I realized it was a scam. I called up the fraud division of my bank. I, I canceled the, you know, the the payment, and I also had to change my credit card. But my point is that, you know. This is happening a lot now. There's a lot of, you know, oh, they're, they're yeah. backing oh, up the yeah. price. I saw a pair of 50-pound dumbbells being sold on, I think it was eBay. They were asking for $1,000 for two 50-pound dumbbells. Uh, a 40-pound kettlebells, somebody was asking for $600. Come on, give me a freaking oh, – I, 
I said, but, but, but you know what? You can still buy kettlebells from Perform Better or yeah, Road exactly. Fitness. At re- they haven't jacked up their prices. For, so I, I mean, you, you go to a reputable outlet. That's you should true. be. That's, you have yeah, to my, back in the day, like when the AKC, when the American Kettlebell Club was first coming out, your whole set of kettlebells from the eight kilogram all the way up until like the freaking. 32 kilogram, a pair of all of those, you get the whole set and it was like less than $600, man. Right. So that, that's, that's asinine for just one set of kettlebells. The price gouging, you know, the price gouging and, and that. So what happened was I mentioned on Facebook, I talked about this price gouging of, of weights, you know, I, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I want to work out, but I'm not going to spend, you know, a thousand dollars for a pair of dumbbells. That's insane. I'm not going to do it. So a friend of mine saw that and he, he had some rusty old weights. He, he brought it over here, 80 pounds, you know, barbell dumbbell. And then in the meantime, I had sent for – now, this is something you guys might be familiar with, something I have never used. Have you guys ever used these, these so-called resistance bands? Are you, are you guys oh, – yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 sure. I never used them, but I came across a video of, of, uh, of this guy showing his stuff, and he was simulating weight exercises. I said, well uh, – this is before the guy brought over the weights. I said, well, let me send for this. It's better than nothing. Maybe with the resistance bands and my bike. I'll be able to at least stay in some kind of shape and prevent atrophy. All I wanted to do was prevent the atrophy. I didn't expect to make any gains or anything like that, you know. So I said for it, and uh, I'll make a long story short, these uh, maybe because of my shoulder, but these bands proved to be a lot harder than I thought. I mean, I thought they'd be a joke. I see women using this stuff. I think yeah, it's, it's a different, it's a different strength curve. I mean, there's more yeah. resistance as you get closer to lockout or full extension. Yeah. So if you're not used to that, it, it can be pretty challenging. Yeah, it, it, and I'll tell you, I was getting really good workouts. And with the combination of, you know, the little bit of weights I had in the resistance, I was, this is weird. My, I, I basically do the same exercise all the time in the gym when I go to the gym. But because I had to be innovative with these bands and the weights, I started doing exercises with the weights I haven't done in years, like one-on dumbbell rows and stuff like that. And with the bands, I started doing exercises I never even thought about doing. And the really weird part was, I started to really enjoy my workouts for the yeah. first time in about 20 years. I, I, I am too, man. I'm, I'm doing a lot of stuff at home, but I, I mean, I have a home gym. I've always had a home gym, but I, since I work at home, I, I like to get out and go to a commercial gym just to get out of the house and see a few of my friends there, get different changes of scenery. But once this whole lockdown thing happened, I, I wasn't concerned about what I'm going to do to work out because we live near a nice park. I can go sprinting there. And then at home, I've got a trap bar. I've got barbells, got kettlebells. That's all I need. And then uh, my wife, Carol, found a really good deal on an elliptical machine, a, a gym-quality elliptical machine wow. that one of our neighbors was selling. So we got that for 500 bucks. This would cost 2500 probably if we bought it new. And it's basically new. She never used it, just like most people who have gym equipment at home. They never use it. <laughs> you know, so it's not like it's all worn out. That's why they're selling it. And yeah. so I, I'm happy we got that because I was really getting on a roll with using the elliptical trainer at the gym. I just like it. You put on some good music and bam, you just blast it for 20, 30 minutes. You just go all out. You know, it yeah. feels great. And then, and it's easy, but I tell you, it's, it's so convenient now because like yesterday, for example, I didn't want to do a full blown workout, but I wanted to do something. So I just went upstairs, got on the elliptical machine, interval training, just crushed it for 20 minutes. I'm good. So I, I like the convenience of it. So it's sincere. Now we're talking about this last week. I'm going to cancel my gym membership once they start charging. Well, once they're ready to yeah. start charging me, right now exactly. they have, they're not charging. Because yeah, they're, they're not closed. charging. Yeah. But once they're going, hey, Mike, we're going to open up in two weeks. I'm, I'm like, hey, go hey, cancel that membership. Good luck. <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> of, you know, I, I've read online a lot of people are saying the same thing. I mean, they've had to do what I did. You know, get some equipment, work at it all. And then they they like it so much. They're saying, what do I need this fucking gym membership for? Oh, oh yeah. I, I'm in the camp that. that. No, yeah. go ahead, Sarah. Go ahead. 
Oh, I was about to say, people are discovering it all the way around, even as far as work. You know, a lot of these businesses are looking like, wait a minute, so I got all these employees working from home now. So why do we need to keep calling these people in at this point? You know, and have to sit through these crappy ass meetings. We can, at least we can do the meetings on Zoom. At least you can dress the way you want to. So you can sit there, but, but naked, you know, if you want to. <laughs> you got some expensive office. You're renting a whole exactly. floor. Exactly. So the overhead, they're going to save on that. So people are going to rethink a lot of, things that they were doing as far as their lifestyle prior to this entire event. I think that's going to be the, the, uh, when this thing kind of like, uh, kind of blows over a little bit, you know, yeah. I mean, they're, they're saying that it's going to come back every year, so, uh, but uh, in a lesser form, this COVID thing, but yeah, even but, if it doesn't, even if this doesn't come back, something's going to keep, it's going to be a new one. There's a new one brewing right now. Like, yeah, oh, we had SARS, we had mirrors. Why wouldn't, and now yeah. we have this. Why Zika, wouldn't there be we had, Ebola's made like, like I said, Ebola's made more comebacks than a Tupac album. I'm just like, come <laughs> on, man. <laughs> well, look, you know, no, the thing is, you know, they think it'll be of a less degree. In other words, there won't be as many people dying or whatever, you know, but, you know, and it does mutate. So like the flu, it'll mutate. But the point is that I think one thing that's going to change, like you just pointed out sincere, is a lot of things are going to change because, like you say about the people working at home, about people going to the gyms, just even the way people interact with each other. I think this is going to cause some changes. To this oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's not going to go back the way it was before this happened no. anytime yeah. soon, if ever. But the thing about the gym also is here's my take on the gym. Now, I'm in the camp of we need to start opening stuff up, right? That's the camp I'm in. Now, I don't expect them to flip a switch and open up the Las Vegas Strip tomorrow, but we need to start moving back in that direction of opening up small businesses and getting people back to work. Right. Now, that said – I'm going to avoid places that I think are contagious environments. And what's more contagious than a fucking gym? People are putting their nasty-ass hands all over the bar. When you go do deadlifts at the gym, you know how many people have touched that bar? They they probably wipe wiped their off. ass at the gym, exactly. didn't wash their hands, and now they're touching that bar. Wiping and now you're touching their nuts, and then they're going for a lift. Like, on, my, my attitude is my equipment at home, guess what? No one uses it but me. Right. My germs. My germs. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I, I can handle my own germs. <laughs> Mike, to Mike, to underscore your point, I actually did an article about that a couple of years ago. I came oh, really? Okay. Three studies. Listen to this. Three studies where the researchers went into commercial gyms and took swabs. They tested all the equipment for the presence of viruses and bacteria. The fucking place was like was worse than a toilet bowl. Oh, so I was out it. And get I this, this one bit. And get this, some of the gyms, this is the shocking part. Some of the gyms actually the staff would kind of clean, you know, they'd use the anthos, they clean the weights, they still had bacteria. It was full it's of bacteria. It. it was like a oh, set. Oh, yeah, yeah it was, exactly. It's immune. I mean, come on. It's, it's, it's a gym. Many times come on. It's, it's a gym. Down. Even even the germs are stronger in a gym. Come on, man. <laughs> On steroids. <laughs> and just think about the regular flu at the gym. Yeah. Any, any, I mean, I probably got the flu I had last year. I probably got from the gym. Well, let's yeah, think about this. Think, keep it. this in mind. When do most people go to the gym? January. When's flu season kicking in? January. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why yeah. do most come on? When do most people quit going to the gym? February. Every, <laughs> listen, guys. Every disease. I'm, I'm not talking stuff like colds and flu. Every time I've gotten sick in the last forty years. It's always been from the gym, always oh, yeah. from the gym, every single time. But getting back to what you were saying earlier about, Mike, about opening things up, I agree with you, but I would add an addendum to that. I'd like to see more broad-scale testing. Oh, where, yeah, 100%. Where, All that stuff needs to be done, too. You know, we can figure out the extent of how many people are, are either exposed to this or are still walking around with it. Then you have, like, an extra measure of safety because my problem is right now, Again, you have a lot of people walking around who are asymptomatic, have no symptoms, 
but they could spread the disease. And, you know, they're talking about this uh, social distancing. I went in a supermarket the other day. And they're trying to make people line up single file. But yeah. fuck that, a lot of people aren't paying attention. I they're mean, right one. each other. Yeah, I'd be the one better. The, the ones enforcing social distancing, the cops. You know, every time yeah. you see these videos of people getting arrested for, you know, not practicing social distancing or whatever else, they're surrounded by five or six cops all right next to them not wearing gloves or a mask. Yeah. I'm like, hey, right. dude, arrest exactly. your partner while you're at it right now. Yeah. You're all now, 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 you're in a, now you're in a jail cell with 20 other guys. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Waiting to get bailed out. <laughs> so if you didn't have it already, now you. It's so like you, yeah, you now you about to bring it back out it. with freedom. You know, yeah, you didn't. You didn't out. have it from not practicing social distancing, but now you have it because you got arrested for not practicing social. Distancing. <laughs> it goes to show how intelligent our, our leaders yeah. are, our so-called yeah. leaders. I have, I, also, thinking. I also have a beef with this kind of false sense of security that people have. About wearing these masks, Ask, yeah. and, and I'm not saying you shouldn't wear the mask. In fact, right now I, I went in a supermarket about two nights ago. I didn't know that they made it mandatory to come in with it. You had to come wear a mask to walk in the store. The, the day before, you didn't have to have a mask. So I went in. They said you can't come in without a mask. And I said, what the fuck am I going to do? I remembered I had a blanket in, in the in the back seat of my car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Jerry. I just pictured you rolling in a Ralph's with a blanket, like walking around looking like you just stepped out of a harem. You know, I felt like one of these little. Yeah, you have one. You have one of those scarves the Middle Eastern terrorists wear. You can put that around. I I wrapped the blanket around my face. You know, I mean, I felt like one of these little kids with a security blanket. You know what I mean? So, you know, I was able to get in. The store was just about closing. But my point being that these masks, the main purpose that people don't realize, the purpose of the mask is twofold. First of all, it's to remind you not to touch your face. Don't touch your face while you're out there because you might, because you know, the the virus, it lasts on surfaces, metal, uh, plastic, sometimes 24 hours or more. You might touch something, you touch your face, your nose, you give yourself the virus. So the mask is to remind you that. The second thing is, is to, you know, if you possibly have COVID virus, you know, it's to prevent you from like, you know, spitting or, you know, breathing on people. So, you know, so you, you don't spread the disease. But people who are wearing these masks, they think it actually completely prevents the disease. Wrong. Well, Only- that's why they need to learn from, like, Asia. countries. Like, in Asia, the reason why you see so many people, China, South Korea, and all that, out of respect, when people get sick, that's when they wear the mask. Right. They're right. not doing it to prevent themselves from getting something. They're trying to prevent themselves from spreading it. And yeah. so, so we're doing just the opposite over here because we don't. Freaking this is such a new it's such a new phenomenon. We don't know any better. But I'm just like, well, how long is this going to last? You know, yeah. especially and then what happens in the summer months when this is going to be unbearable to wear that mask and you're sitting there, mar- yeah. your face is marinating in that sweat and humidity oh, yeah. in that mask. It's totally impractical. And it's also a big distraction as well, because the, I mean, the, the most important thing you can have a really strong, healthy immune system and protect yourselves from the virus. So if you have a really unhealthy immune system and you're walking around with a mask and now you feel like, okay, I'm good, you're, you're missing the bigger picture. That's, right. That's, That's like right. walking around, you're 400 pounds overweight and you got a Diet Coke in your hand. It's like, dude, you're still, <laughs> still not addressing the problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I always tell people how I used to, uh, I remember going in restaurants, I would see people, uh, you know, these these heavy people, They'd be uh, ordering, uh, you know, all the most fattening food. Then they'd order ice cream and milkshakes. And uh, during the meal, I'd hear them say, well, uh, I'll have a Diet Coke, please. And I'm thinking, what, what's, what, <laughs> what's that going to do? <laughs> you know, the paradoxical nature there, what you're doing there? You know? Well, I mean, it, it reminds me of the whole. 
remember, remember the whole narrative about Americans start eating a high carb diet and that's why they became fat. And yeah. the part they leave out is the fact that Americans kept eating the way they normally eat. They just added all of this low fat stuff to what they were eating, thinking right. that, oh, this is, this is harmless. It's not like everyone stops eating protein and everyone's eating 80% carbohydrates. They just, it just became, it, it's just everything on top of everything. It was an accumulation rather yeah, than and people all cutting this out now. had other chemicals, you know, yeah. going right. into them. Right. So now the people, so they traded in butter for margarine. Yeah. Not a good alternative, <laughs> right there. <laughs> you know, you do better just sticking with butter, buddy. Wait, you know the thing is, I always, I've been, I've been telling right. people for years. If you check the uh, underlying reasons why most people get obese, besides if you rule, you know, if you rule out the inactivity factor, the reason is it's an, it's overabundance of not just carbohydrate but carbohydrate and fat. And you can yes. have a lot of carbohydrate. Gotta have my bread and butter, man. Come on. Listen, you can have a lot of carbohydrate. And not get fat if you don't have the fat with it, like vegan, right. like vegan. Right. Now, and you can have a lot of fat as shown by people, people on ketogenic diets where they eat 70% fat content, yet they lose body fat because they're not having carbohydrate. But if you combine right. both, that's a prescription for fat because what happens when you eat fat with carbohydrate, the, 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 the fat that you eat because the body prefers carbohydrate as fuel. So the fat that you eat, Rather than be burned as energy, gets pushed into the 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 fat stores because the body doesn't need it. It has the carbohydrates. That's right. the reason why people get fat. It's an overabundance of both. You can have one or the other, or if you're really lucky and have a very high resting metabolism, or for some reason, let's say you have a lot of so what they call brown adipose tissue on your body, then you're one of those rare individuals. You can get away with eating both and not get fat. Yeah, my middle so, son. Obviously, you know, <laughs> I mean, sincere. I don't know what you look like. I assume you're not fat, but you say you're like. <laughs> you say you're like. So, so you're, not breathing, you're, not, you're not breathing in the, in the microphone, so you know you're not sitting there mouth breathing. So I'm going to assume that you're not fat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but in other words, the point being that some people can get away with it, but most people can't. That's my point. No, and and right. and, uh, and and getting back to one of the things you said earlier, Mike, about opening up related to that. My concern is that, you know, they are, they are talking about opening up. Now, here in California, they, they gave a date of May 15th. Other states, I think Georgia, wants to open it up right away. My concern is that people will, will get a full sense of security. They can, the, the way their mind, this is stupid people, not intelligent people, but dumb people will say, well, they opened up, so I guess that means everything's back to normal. I don't need to worry. I can go uh, hang out with everybody and then you're going to have a resurgence, I think. That's what I'm concerned about. The stupid people, I think, every – I saw uh, uh, Jacksonville, Florida. They opened up the beach there, you know. And, and uh, some of the people were keeping away. But I saw a whole bunch of people, like, right next to each other. Like, like the whole thing was over with. That's bad. That's not good. Because, like I say, a lot of these people could be carrying the virus. If you get that – if they breathe on you, you, you you're going to get it. You're going to get it. It's, unless – you, if you have a super immune system, you might get lucky. I don't think a lot of people do. Most people are not into health like us, like, like we are. They're not concerned about these nutrients. They just eat shit and stuff. They don't have maximum. Well, look what they hoarded. You know, when, when this all really began, you know, yeah. we started taking, getting traction. When everybody was in lines at Costco and all that, look at what they were hoarding. They weren't hoarding like frozen fruits or anything like yeah, that, right. or frozen vegetables. Right. They were hoarding chips and cookies and yeah. soda and all those. So it's, it's just like, oh, I, oh, you're about to quarantine yourself for an indefinite amount of time while consuming that. 
as your main as far as your main meals. Okay, well, here's one thing for sure: you won't be dying of Corona. Somebody, if you didn't have type two yeah. diabetes before, you got it now, you know, or you got hypertension. So that's, it's, it's such a catch twenty two, man, with this entire thing. So even with opening it up, it's a catch twenty two because it all comes. It's all predicated on common sense, which. Mm, it's not common. So that's the thing about it. Like you said, people were like, okay, we're good now. We can go yeah. back to clubbing. And, well, since they don't open up the nightclubs, then we'll just have like a, a bonfire or a backyard party. And then you're having corona parties. And yeah. so I said, yeah, that's the equivalent of having like an, uh, an AIDS party in 1979 at Studio 54. <laughs> it's about the same thing, man. So, yeah. well, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it has to be done in an intelligent way with certain measures. Like I said, like the Las Vegas Strip, the actual Strip, will probably be the last thing to open here. We'll start opening up some of the neighboring areas, such as where I live, Henderson, some of the smaller right. restaurants and beauty salons and barber shops and so yeah. forth. And they're probably going to wear more masks and gloves in those businesses. Yeah, yeah, you scale, you scale it from there. But we we have to learn how to live with this disease or this it's virus. Here. You know, rather than just hide in our homes for the next 18 months, right? So we have to start getting out there and finding some solutions. Is there going to be some collateral damage? Sir, that's going to happen regardless. I mean, right now there's people probably less day, deaths from car crashes. Yeah, there's yeah. less deaths from car crashes because there aren't as many people on the roads. So that number is going to go up too You know, once we start getting back out there and driving around. So I, I understand it's a complex situation. I'm not trying to offer any oversimplification. But at the same time, who – our medical care system doesn't have our best interests. So why would they have our best interests in this situation? They don't have our best interests before. That's why we're not using IV vitamin C and so forth. Not because they think it's quackery. It's because they're not even trying to look for things that are effective. They're just doing what they know. So that's a problem right there. And then you have to ask yourself, who benefits from a vaccine for this disease? Some company's going to make that, and then you have billions of people all over the world who are going to be taking it. So well, look who's pushing. Look who's pushing the hardest right now, Bill Gates. Because why? One of his companies, they're fronting the money for the vaccine. Well, actually, right. I think maybe seven out of nine of those companies that he's got his hands in that. And so Bill Gates is also in bed with Monsanto. So why? Exactly. Why, why, why are we all of a sudden Fauci, trust you know him. all those guys? And yeah, also, exactly. who made him a doctor? Of virologist who how did he become an expert like like i said last time dude you can't keep a virus off windows 95 98 2000 windows me you can't even keep viruses <laughs> off a computer how you gonna, who are you to talk about keeping viruses away from human beings i just think that uh, i think there's a couple of lessons people should should have learned from this and first of all I shouldn't have taken this for anyone to learn these lessons but here we are Number one is prioritizing your health. Number two is the people that are out of work, they don't have any money in the bank. Now, look, I'm not an idiot. I understand some people live paycheck to paycheck, and they're just barely getting by. I get it. But there are other people who don't make a lot of money, but they just blow whatever they have on superficial stuff, just nonsense, things they don't really need like Sincere was talking about. Those people should have been saving even a little bit. Just start having a nest egg so that you have a buffer for situations like this. The problem is, is that people feel that things are just too safe. It's like, I don't have to do anything because as long as I keep working, I can just keep spending every paycheck like an allowance. Now, when I look at my own financial situation, and not to talk about how great I am or anything, but when I look at the situation, we needed to lock down for the next 10 years. I can handle that. Exactly. Now, I'm not <laughs> And that's that's a so I'm not worried I'm not worried financially about the situation. Now my business, fortunately, my business is still doing really well throughout this whole thing. So I'm happy about that. And thank you to all the customers listening that are still supporting the business. I appreciate it. 
But let's say that my business just shut down like everyone else's and no money is coming in. Even then, I've been smart with money for a long time so that we can ride this thing out for a long period of time. Now, other people are patting themselves on the back because like, oh, yeah, you know, my wife and I can ride this out for the next three months. I was like, well, that's great. Yeah, that's better than not. Yeah. But you see, the thing is, the thing. So I, I think what people need to realize when we get back to some level of normalcy is that you got to make adjustments all the way around. All, everything yeah, you, there's, there's a more. lot of things you need to start being smarter about because you know, it's on you. Well, yeah, but, here's the thing, Mike. I, I've seen people who I've seen some things already just with these these little free, well, quote unquote, they think it's free, these stimulus checks. Now, I've right. already, I've heard ramblings. I've heard people talking about how they've gone and bought new TVs. <laughs> I was like, so basically it's Black Friday part two happening with a lot of people in these checks. Or basically it's income tax return check season two times. Because basically they're going to get that stimulus. And for those people who do work and don't have to pay taxes, they're going to get their income tax return at the same, you know, right around the same time. So in their minds, they're like, oh man, uh, you know, well, you know, I just escaped that whole Corona thing or whatever. I got to live my life, man. So you're going to try to treat themselves, even though nothing was really earned. Okay, you survived. Why are you, why are you going to celebrate that by buying something? How about actually figuring out how you can extend your time here and make it more efficient? But a lot, and if you even look at Walmarts and all that, they, they know what's going on. They've now moved a lot of these Walmarts. I've seen people have been posting them when they've gone in there. They were actually moving all their TVs and all that right toward the front of the store as soon as you walk in. Just to go ahead and get people's attention. I'm like, come on, TV's in the front of Walmart because, you know, usually a lot of electronics and all that's in the back of Walmart. Well, they're not dumb. They're still a business. And so they've moved them up to the front because they know the majority of people are going to sit there and waste these checks. They, You know, especially if they either they why would you spend $1,200 to pay your bills and your rent when there are a lot of landlords that are forgiven the rent and there are government programs saying you don't have to pay your mortgage for the next six months? Right. You know, so you're not giving anybody an incentive to do anything smart with this money. No, so now they're talking about, and you know, probably by the time this comes out, you know, it may have already happened, but now they're talking about another round of stimulus checks. And now basically, I think for six months, I might be mistaken, but I know basically sitting in households $2,000 per person, you know, mm-hmm. for, you know, for at least six months or so. I'm like, why would you want to go back to work when you're getting all this free money sitting on your ass? You know, especially when you're going to be taken care yeah. of. You can sit and say, well, you know, you can't kick them out. You can't, you can't evict anybody. You can't foreclose on any homes or anything like that while this is going on. And this is just to help get them in there. Now I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to do, um, um, oh man, I forgot, um, Kings. Yeah. John Maynard Kings. They were basically trying to do that whole little situation, being a Keynesian or whatever by, okay. I'm going to sit in waste and spend all my money because everything is good while this other person over here was busting their ass. But now I'm taking money from that person who's busting their ass when I run out of money. And then that person is like, hey, why are you taking my money when you're wasting my money? And I didn't give you permission to take it. Well, look, man, it's going to stimulate the economy. And then that person that was making the money and being honest with it and trying to save, they're going to realize they have no choice because the majority of the wasters are the ones who are now in control. So, and they think all of this is all about in the long run, everybody's sacrifices to stimulate the economy. But guess what? That's not sustainable. It's not sustainable at all. You know, this Fed can only pump so much fake money after a while. Right. Know, inflation, inflation is going to kick everybody's ass. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just already a, kicking everybody's values, ass. It just devalues everything. That's, that, that's 100%. Inflation was already happening before this virus. If, you're, if you paid attention when you went and bought groceries for the last two or three years, it's been creeping up all this time anyway. But now it's just going to – now it's not even going to be like subtle. It's just going to be right on like, okay – 
cool. So a lot of these businesses, when they open back up, they're going to realize they're going to be so far behind. Those prices are going to go up. They're going to cut employees, you know, and also to help their bottom line. So it's still going to be a lot of people not getting any work. Because a lot of these businesses won't be able to afford to have all the employees they have because the majority of businesses, the reason why they fail is because payroll kills them. They have far too many people working at certain times. They're not keeping up. They're not doing the numbers. They're not seeing what their real slow times are and being efficient. Like, well, why do we, why do we have 10 people working our morning shift when we're only getting about a couple hundred dollars in the morning? We can scale that down to three people. Our busy time is like in the evening at six o'clock. Then we bring in a couple more extra people. But they're not thinking like that. And so a lot of businesses, they were already in trouble before this virus came along. This virus only highlighted things that were already happening. You, If you were already unhealthy, this just really highlighted when you start catching right. something. If you were, to my, if your, if your business was already like suffering, if it was suffering, it was suffering way before the virus. Like all this thing, this is kind of like taking antibiotics. It's, it's giving, it's only enhancing so much of what you already had. Of the talent. If you had a talent for spending, this gave it about a 10% edge. <laughs> you know, just like anabolics. But it also, it also highlights another thing is that, you know, Trump has been, uh, talking about, uh, how strong, the strongest economy that, that the, the, uh, Today. the greatest economy in history, he keeps saying, right. you know. But now the first thing you hear about when they start this, uh, quarantine is how people, uh, they, I see them on the news shows. Like two weeks go by, they're talking about how they can't pay their rent, they can't pay their money. They have like no money at all, no money saved. And I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a minute, where's this great, all these people have no money, where's this great economy he's talking well, about? Well, I think it's because people are wasting a lot of money spending on BS. That's what, like, okay, well, obviously there's a lot of spending going on, so the economy must be great. Like, no, these people are in debt. They're, they're racking up credit card debt, you know, yeah. through the roof. Just because <clears throat> they're spending doesn't mean they have money, because that's not even their money. But and on top of it, they sit there and they go default on their credit cards, or whatever else. Credit card coverage is not true because they have insurance. So yeah. they, even if this person never pays it, the insurance is going to take take care of that for the credit yeah. card companies. Or a collection agency is going to buy it for pennies on the dollar. And so it's like at least the credit card companies go, well, I didn't lose that. They're in the business of all these things, banks, credit cards, all of them are in the business of keeping you in debt. Just like the Fed is in the business of keeping this country in debt. That's, that's the thing. Debt is good for all these businesses. So yeah. – the, and, and, and people, people are very, people are very comfortable with debt. They don't yes. mind having. Well, it's, a, it's, it's, it's now people, culture. It's a culture yeah. now. This it's is like we're more credit card debt. You know, they're not, they're not even phased by it. No. I think, I, I think a couple of problems in, in what, not, not problems with what you're saying, Jerry, but just a couple of points on that. Number yeah. one is that, I mean, you have some. There's a segment of the population that lives in abject poverty. They're barely getting by. So I'm not necessarily talking about them. But there are people that let's say they're not in abject poverty, but they're they're in a poverty state. But they're also not intelligent at all with their expenditures. They're blowing money left and right within the capacity of what they can blow on things that if they research they could get better deals and so forth. They they could allocate funds to a savings vehicle, et cetera. So a, a lot of and then, and then there's people that make really good money who who don't have any savings either, and they're also in trouble because they're used to. They're making $30,000 a month, but they blow $35,000 every month. And now they're going two weeks without making $30,000, and they're going, wait a minute, this this house that I can't afford, this house with a mortgage of $8,000 a month, all of a sudden I can't stay on top of it. And they're living – they have massive debt. They have a car debt, car loan debt, or they're doing some kind of monthly payment system. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of people in a lot of different stratums of society who are not good with managing money. Is, well, and and then the, one thing about that then, is like, oh, sorry, education why, why system doesn't it, doesn't, it doesn't emphasize that. No, no. That's another thing. So, so now you spent the first 13 years of your life 
not knowing how to be good with money. You've been taught to just go get a job and and save, and but you got to have this, you need this, you need that. And you grew up, you get that at school, and then you get that at home because they got that in school when they were in school. And it's been going on and on and on. There's really no push for building wealth, entrepreneurship. None of that's really pushed in the majority of the United States education system. And so, therefore, we're creating an education. Our education system is pretty much breeding a system full of people that are going to be in debt and be a slave to debt. So it's just and, like, it's think, a, think, about, think about how much of the economy relies on people going exactly. into debt. So, yeah, so, so they're, I mean, they're, 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 banking on, the, they're banking on it. In, you know, in an economy booming, yeah, an economy booming doesn't necessarily mean that people are making more money at Not jobs. Yeah, they're just, they're economy, just yeah. yeah, they're accumulating more debt. So you could, you could, Put a big screen TV on a credit card, and then you could you could have all these things in your you could have furniture on your credit card, and some people can get a car payments. on their credit card, and you know, and, it, and it, that'll actually help their credit score because if you put the car in the credit card, you're making monthly payments that's being reported, and that's going to raise your credit score. You see people that do use that trick depending on where they are financially, all those things. So even even when you're in a more financially positive situation you're encouraged to find some way to get in debt you know just like you and i were talking about last week mike you know we walk in the bank you know the bank representatives are running to us trying to get us to open up a line of credit for our businesses because they see the kind of money that we have inside and you know how we're spending they're like oh you know you ever thought about having open up a line of credit i'm like i'm good bro no he locks for me not even a little bit never thought (laughs) you know not even not for my home not for my business i'm good i don't like debt i like things to be paid off when I say something is mine, I like to know that it's actually mine. Yeah. So if you send this in my car, it's not your car if you're still making payments on it. That's not right. your car, dude. Right. It's a rental. Lease. Exactly. Right. It's a high-end lease. Right. <laughs> right. One day I was I was standing outside a gold gym talking to a friend of mine, and I you know I started to look at the cars in the parking lot. And I'm seeing <laughs> a high-end Mercedes. Yeah. And there was even a couple of Bentley and, you know, all these sports cars. And I'm looking at the guys that own them. I said, somehow they don't match. And I said to the, <laughs> I said to myself, I said, how do these guys afford these cars? I mean, you know, some of them are, are three hundred thousand dollars. What do you get? So he said to me, he just this guy was a real. He owned a couple of buildings. He knew about bit more about business than me. He said, Jerry, they're all leased. Yeah, they're yeah. Leased. yeah. Said, yeah. That's, a, that's a good There's yeah. a lot of that in Los Angeles. Yeah. People just trying to put on this outward appearance. Yeah, you see, that's for a some people, phenomenon. For some people, it's a good business deal because it's like, okay, if you're the type of person, you can use this as your company car or whatever, you can write that thing off. But some people, right. Right. they want to floss. You know, they want to walk around like, look at me. I got this Lamborghini. But yeah, but – and then it's like every three years, like, damn, dude, how do you keep getting new Lamborghinis? Because they're leases, man. And that's the reason why. Every three years, he's got to trade that thing in. For another yeah, model. There, there are times where accumulating some debt makes sense, but these aren't people that are doing. They're not doing it building their business or improving their taxes and so forth. Those are smart reasons, but the average person is not thinking like that. They're just no, thinking, they're "I want that car. I can't afford to buy it straight up," which means you can't afford it at all. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to do the next thing. My attitude is like, if I, want, if I want to buy a car, I walk in there and write a check. Now, if I can't do that, that means I can't afford that car. Right. You know. I can never understand the point of of, of uh, leasing a car like that to impress somebody else. I I, I don't right. I, mine doesn't work. I, I, who gives a shit what kind of car? I'm like, but I, 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 I don't I, understand. Los Angeles is all based on anybody. CNBC. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't I don't want to buy anything. You know? <laughs> I'm not here to press it. I can give a damn what you think, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm looking at those bills and your name's not on it. So why do I care uh, about that's, that's, how you view me? <laughs> well, I mean, think about how much expenditures people make to impress people that they don't even know. No, their neighbors, or they don't even, or they don't even they like them. them. Or they don't even yeah. like them. Or, and those people don't even like them. It's like, it's you know, like, it's like you Netflix want Joneses, people man. to covet. You want yeah, people that. to be jealous of your lifestyle or covet what you have, but you don't yeah. even know those people. I mean, that's a really toxic <laughs> mindset. Right. Forget about your diet. You need, you need to do a mental. Plan. Yeah, you need. So you're, you're even thinking that way. You don't need a trainer, dude. You need a therapist. It's like, what are you talking about? That's, <laughs> yeah. some you, that's some trauma that you haven't dealt with in your life. Well, you know, so you uh, need. Uh, to most, most trainers will tell you that they're basically oh, glorified, uneducated therapists because when yeah. you work one on one with a lot of clients, it becomes almost a therapy well, dude, type situation. Just, the problem is you're not is, a they're just bartenders with protein shaker bottles. That's it, man. <laughs> I got to no, tell you guys a, a funny story. This happened years ago. I was sitting in this place. I was sitting at the counter of a restaurant, you know, eating like a cheese omelet or something. This uh-huh. girl next to me, I was, I was still, I think I was still competing. It was years ago. And uh, this girl next to me starts, uh, she asked me if I'm a bodybuilder. I said, yeah. She says, you know, I've always been curious about those bodybuilding contests. I said, well, you know, coincidentally, there's one tonight in downtown L.A., you know, I looked at it. She was kind of good looking. You know, I, I said, if you like, uh, I'll, I'll take you, you know, you know, if you want, if you want to go. So oh, I'd love to do that. You know, I said, well, follow me out to my car and I'll give you a, I'll take your phone number. Uh, at the time I was driving a big old beat up. Chrysler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> I already know where this is going. Many directions. I remember this girl was all enthusiastic. I mean, she was literally holding my arm and walked me to the car, right? We get to the car and open the door to get the pad and paper, and she's already walking away. Wow. <laughs> she sees your car. She's like, eh, I said, never mind. I said, hey, I said, wait, wait, don't you want to go to the contest? And she just, she didn't even answer. She just waved her hand and walked yeah, away. This, this explains exactly why so many yep. young men will go in the debt to get a nice car who lived in Los Angeles because they, they know what happens if they don't have that, or at least in their mind. And Miami. But, but, but and Miami. Counter, counter to that is is that, look, any woman that is impressed with you you because of your car, is that really a woman you want to get to know? No, no, no. The answer is definitely not. In fact, I would tell somebody, I mean, if I was, I, I have a girlfriend, but if I was single now, let's say uh, I used one of those dating apps which I don't use, you know, which makes me, now that I mention it, I wonder how they're doing. I mean, who's going to go on a date now with this thing going around? But that's yeah, I, I have a couple of friends that are yeah. talking about those, and they're saying they're, they're, kind of, they're suffering, too. They, oh, have suffering. To, they have to be. I mean, because you don't know who you date. But anyway, the point is, I was telling a friend of mine in the gym, if I were to use that, I, my car is too old. I'd have, I have to go rent a car. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. <laughs> My car I would have go to rent a Porsche. No, I would have to buy a new car. Or at least one just to go out with one of the, because if they saw my car, they would do the same thing that I, most of them, that this woman did to me many years ago. They, I think they would just find an excuse. Oh, I'm sorry. You could, you could, you could rent a limo or something like that. I mean, if, assuming that you wanted to pursue this, you know, my attitude is if I lived in LA for four years and I lived in Santa Monica and I, I drove a beat up. I mean, it wasn't beat up. It was a Honda Civic. I kept it in good condition, but it was a Honda Civic. So people automatically make a calculation. The, of what your net worth is or your income based on your car. 
True. So the, the, the car didn't do me any favors on that front, but it, did, it didn't do me a disservice either because I don't want to attract those kind of people. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly, if they knew anything about cars, I'm like, if dude rolls up in a Honda Civic, I'm like, okay, he can't lie and say he doesn't have any money because that car lasts forever. And like, yeah. It rarely yeah, needs no. repairs. So I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. this dude's smart, first of all. He has to have some money, some ex- some extra money, because he's not wasting it all on this freaking car. Someone rolled up in a brand-new Lamborghini, and I'm the person that they're trying to go out with. I'm like, this is going to be a pain ass because, A, this person is probably really into themselves, and they're probably petty as hell. And <laughs> how real is this person going to be with you if you actually want a real relationship? Right. So, yeah, that's just like you should not be impressed with that. You should be, those should be red flags, like, oh, exactly. okay, here we go. <laughs> the first impression you get, your first impression you should get from a Lamborghini debt. is get arrogant. Yeah. arrogant. No, I'm like, debt is what I'm looking at. I'm like, Shh, you, are you sure you can afford this dinner tonight? It's like, yeah. Let me tell you, any I woman. Mean, even if you have a Lamborghini, the fact that you felt it was a good idea to on the first day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm trying to hide That's not your everyday. Yeah, I don't want to know that right off the bat. It was like, right. You guys well, earn that. You know it's not their everyday car. They, anyone who has a Lamborghini, that's not what they do when they go run errands. You're not going to go to Whole Foods <laughs> in your Lamborghini. You also, have that as that's your fun car, and then you have a day to day car. Right. There's another danger too, because let's say that you're you know you don't have that much money, and you're leasing the Lamborghini to impress a woman, and you pick her up in the Lamborghini. Right away, you're setting a high bar. She's right. going to look at the Lamborghini. She oh, this guy's got bucks. She's going to expect you to spend a ton of money on her. If you don't have the money, God, goodbye. Bye. <laughs> That's the way it works. And I'll tell you, any woman that would judge me, I don't care if I was Bill Gates, any woman that judged me on my car, goodbye. I don't even want to fucking know you, lady. You can't That's- say Bill Gates because if a woman judged him on the way he dressed, they think he's broke, too. <laughs> like, I mean, he, he, he looks like a straight-up pedophile the way he dresses. I mean, come on. <laughs> if you're a single mom, that's the last guy you're going to date. <laughs> Yeah, he pulls up. They're calling the police. They're like, "Hey, got pedophile <laughs> news? I think he just yeah. pulled up." Yeah, well, Warren Buffett's better either. You know, but I mean, uh, yeah, those guys just don't care because they have genuine wealth, right? They're yeah, not they trying. They're have, not. They, they don't, don't have. have they don't have project. They're they're not put up trying to put a project. They don't have to fake it because they have yeah. it. So they don't. Yeah. They could care less. My experience meeting, and I, I haven't met a lot of super wealthy people, but I've met a few. The ones I've met are not ostentatious at all. They could care. You don't even really know until you get to know them. You know, they don't, they don't put it all out there. They don't want, frankly, I, I would, I'm not some super wealthy guy either, but even what I have, I wouldn't really want to put out there. I, I, I don't really care to, for anyone to know that. There's no benefit for me for anyone knowing anything. Well, it's a hindrance of anything. She's like, oh. Now all the moochers start coming out. Everybody's trying to be your friend and well, he's always walking around in shorts. It's probably, probably barely making it. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's 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 true. I mean, it was. I'll never forget that story though. The way she ran down the street though. <laughs> she did. Your we we all, anyone who's anyone who's lived in L.A. We all we all have a story like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyone, any any straight man, you know, that you try to like go out and date women, especially when they were younger, yeah. probably has that story. That's no matter true. where you are, that's true. we can all relate to that one. That that's oh, universal. I have, yeah, I have to tell you, I don't know how. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't. I just ate some pistachio nuts and it's caught my throat. <laughs> uh, I don't know how it is in other parts of the country, but over here the women are very money conscious. Money conscious. Very generally speaking. The, hello. Yeah. Yeah. I think Mike, Mike is still there. Yeah. yeah he, he's. He'll be back. I think he got dropped. You know I'm saying. In other words, they're they're very money conscious. 
They do judge you by a lot of them judge you by your car. <laughs> well, this is this has been an inter- this has been an interesting one. We first yeah. of all we talked about it took us an hour to get to talking about free testosterone and then immune system, and now we're. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking about gold diggers. <laughs> so, now we're, gonna talking about, we're gonna wrap it up talking about gold diggers. So I'm thinking, you know what? That's a lot of great content, people. <laughs> you yeah. never know where this is gonna go. Yeah, it's always fun. That's what yeah. I like about this show. We we have this is a conversation based show. So when people listen to our show and sometimes they're going, you know, all oh, you guys are talking and you're talking about this, you're talking about that. It's like, yeah, this is us, the three of us hanging wow. out. We're having a fun conversation. We're not. So, this if, is, you, if, this you, is, if we were at a bar, this is where we go down. But we're social distancing right now, so this is what we have to do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's right. If you want straight up data, then you go to Applied Metabolics. Go sign up for Jerry's newsletter. Support his business, and you want very detailed data on very precise topics. There it is. That's so right. I mean. Ten dollars, it's nothing. And then all of us have inform- information-based websites. Well, one thing I do, Jerry, is I've taken a little page from your book. Is I, I don't, I don't write as detailed articles as you do, of course. Not because I don't have the work ethic to do it. I just don't think my audience will read it. <laughs> you know, so I'm not, willing to, <laughs> I'm not willing to put in the time if like two yeah. people are going to read the whole thing. So mm-hmm. I always try to get five hundred, no more than five hundred words. I get to the point in a couple of paragraphs. Yeah. But I point people in your direction. I go like for recently, I, I talked about some of the things you brought up in that article about free testosterone. And I go, look, if you go sign up for Jerry's newsletter at this website, Applied Metabolics, if you want more detail, detailed information, if this is the kind of stuff you're interested in, you're really into supplements and exercise performance and nutrition, 10 bucks a month is a no brainer. Yeah. So go sign up and don't email them a bunch of questions yeah. to avoid spending $10 because most of the questions that people would ask you will be answered in one of the articles you have on that very topic. That's very true. And I, and I always have articles that, that pertain to vegans. So I have one I want to do pretty soon about why vegan diets would be very good for, uh, for promoting uh, body fat loss. All the oh. facts involved. That should right. be a good one, you know? Yeah. I mean, so. yeah. And you're not, you don't have any, I mean, we all have our biases, but I noticed that you're, you don't, you're very clinical in terms of presenting the data. You go, look, I did the research and here's what I found. Exactly. Rather right. than, well, let me just leave this part out because I want to emphasize this other thing or this contradicts my own personal belief on the system. That's one thing I've always appreciated about your newsletter is that you're going where the data takes you I always rather, than, rather than where you want it. A lot of people, they go where the, they, they make the data go where they want to go with it. So they just cherry pick certain things right. and leave out the rest. Well, and right. Doing the even, even when I wrote for the magazines, I always write from day one. I always wanted to present both sides of the story, whether I disagreed or not. And I would very rarely, object, uh, you know, include a sentence like, I don't agree with this guy. I don't do that. I just write what the guy says or and I write an opposing view and I let the reader decide. I present the facts and let the reader decide. Decide. That's the way I've always done it. I still do that. I don't, think- says, I don't believe in this. Like, well, I don't really care what you believe in. Because <laughs> you know? what, you, what you believe in doesn't really have anything to do with reality. Let's look at what actually is going on. I mean, if somebody asks my opinion, that's something else. But I try not to do that in the news. Side. I mean, uh, I might do that in a video or something. Like, I don't think this is uh, – like I said with the vitamin C, uh, I think I said in the video that, you know, if I was uh, looking at death, and in the hospital, and the doctors, like I said earlier, they had no treatment for me. And, uh, you know, and somebody offered the uh, intravenous vitamin C. I said, wheel in it now. I don't care <laughs> if there's no evidence. I don't give a shit if there's no evidence. Are you kidding me? Give it to me now. Give me the hydroquinolone. There's no evidence. It saved people's lives. Give it to me. I got nothing to fucking lose. 
you know, I, I, I really, I really hate the way the media has to be one extreme or the other, right? So on one hand, you have saying, you have people saying, oh, hydroxychloroquine, it's a cure all, and all these people are saving lives and so forth, and there's some truth to that, but it's not the complete story, and it's an exaggeration. And then you have other sides saying, oh, that no one should be saying that it's irresponsible to talk about hydroxychloroquine, and it may cause more damage than good. What could cause more damage than good when you're on your deathbed? Exactly. <laughs> you know. That's <laughs> You don't really have a whole lot of options. It's like, well, this yeah. could kill you. It's like, yeah, I'm going to die anyway, motherfucker. So yeah. let's give this thing a shot. I mean, I mean, they're talking about it being a, a potentially toxic drug. True. Nobody argues that point. Can, yeah. can it, you're not going to be on it. Are most drugs? Are most drugs? Are most? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going you're gonna to be on it for a week. Yeah. You're going to be on it for There's two weeks. Been on it for decades. Damages. Talk yeah. to the people who've been on it for decades. You know, talk to the loop, people with lupus and things yeah. like that. Talk to them. Right. People don't I mean, realize, you know, it's an axiom of 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 of, of pharmacokinetics or, or uh, pharmaceuticals, I should say. If a drug doesn't have side effects, it doesn't work. Any pharmacologist right. will say that. That's the right. funny thing. There's no such thing as a drug without side effects. And of course, right. some are worse than others. But to, to, to think that there's some—I mean, the closest I've ever came to using a drug without side effects was an asthma medication. I, I found out about it when I was in a, uh, I was so broke, they put me in a poor man's ward at USC. This was about 45 years ago, a long time ago. <laughs> I, was, I was walking through the hall with this IV attached to my arm, and I came across a pharmacy intern. I started talking to him. He says, you know, they just came out with a new drug. It's called sodium chromolin. I said, really? He says, yeah, it's a preventive. He says, uh, you know, you should try it. So I, as soon as I got out, I got a prescription. It was called Intol. This drug literally... When in the body, it, what it did is it kind of stabilized mast cells. So these are cells that release histamine and cause bronchoconstriction. This drug worked perfectly for years. They removed it off the market a couple of years ago because they felt it wasn't effective, which was insane to me. Because before I took this drug, I'm telling you, I'm not exaggerating. I was in emergency rooms every fucking week. That's how bad my asthma was. When, once I got on this drug, I never, I wasn't in an emergency room for 35 years. But the thing, wow. interesting thing, when I when I looked at the mechanisms of the drug, I found that it literally it literally does its job and, and it is excreted from the body. It doesn't affect anything else. That was the closest I've ever come to seeing or, or hearing or using a drug that has no side effects. And even right. that one could could have it could irritate your throat because it was inhaled. I never got that, but that was a positive. So even that drug had a, had a side effect. All of them have side effects. And I think everything you do in life has side effects. I mean, working out can have some negative side effects. You know, a, lot, a lot of us would beat up joints know that all too well. You know? <laughs> I mean, everything has side effects. Everything. You can put it to relationships. You meet a woman, yeah. right? I mean, you know, you're attracted to her. You get along. You have good communication. As you get to know her, you, you know, maybe even marry her. But then you find out there's things that, that you kind of were blind to that turn up later on that are very irritating to you, you know? It's a yeah, you, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't realize she farted on command and yeah, you, know, you were around her no, 24 7. <laughs> she likes, well, she likes, maybe she likes to fuck other guys. That could be irritating. <laughs> well, that would be a <laughs> side effect. You know? That would be a pretty unpleasant one. Not too many people are going to be, not too many oh. people are going to be okay with that side oh. effect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, oh, that's your thing? Okay, no problem. <laughs> you know? I mean, my, my point is, she's going out the door. Hey, have fun tonight. Yeah. We'll see you later. Yeah. No, but my, my, no, my point is that, my point is that you know, nobody's perfect. There's always going to be you know, on both sides. You could have things that annoy her, but if the overall picture is that you, there's things you like about her more than you dislike her, and vice versa, 
then you have a good relationship. I'll tell, tell you what. Tell you what, this lockdown is showing people how long they, how well they get along. Because yeah, that's what I said. You say that a lot of people. Yeah. No, there's a oh, lot of go ahead. People, there's a lot of people that you know are men and whatever relation. Well, let's let's talk about male and female. I mean, they go together and you know they they live together. But you know, before the lockdown, they had separate lives. Now they're uh, you know they're kind of in, uh, ensconced together where they can't leave. They're in each other's face. They're freaking breaking up. They're actually the, the, the relation, I read this. Well, the sad thing is you break up and you can't go anywhere. <laughs> but yeah. you can't go anywhere. You just go to the room. You know, I, I see oh, comments. Hey, you heard like, those, you're just celebrities, stay home. You know, I see comments like, I never knew he was this way, he's very irritating, blah, blah. Really? You know, thinking, <laughs> what, she's been with the guy 30 years five, later? And, and suddenly now, now she notices his stuff. You know, I think what's happened is they've always felt that way, but now it's become to the forefront. Now they're now they're really hiding. It. It's like you can't yeah. hide because they can't. You can't walk into the other room, or you can't just like, you, you can't go to the strip club just to get away from her. You can't yeah. go to the bar. You can't go to the cigar shop. Now you gotta sit there and look at it and just be like, you know what? You know what I don't like about you? Oh, well, please do tell, because I have a nice list waiting for you. Also, so, yeah. also, yeah, and also, <laughs> there's the factor is that you are you're already irritated. From being locked in, you can't really go. There's no way to go. You can't go, and you're already irritated. So anything the other persons do is going to do. It's going to be heightened. It's going to be heightened. Well, that that, that's the other reason why that this shutdown can't go on for much longer. Because also, (laughs) this kind of this kind of lifestyle is not healthy for your immune system either. You know, just being stuck in this confined situation. Think about like a a prisoner in solitary. That's considered the worst thing you can do to someone. A lot of, a lot of people live alone. So, I mean, they're in their apartment by themselves and they're not used to that. Maybe they're used to a lot of social interactions via their job or just their lifestyle. And that, that's going to cause a lot of, I mean, it's already causing a lot of mental health struggles too. When you compound all of the things as well, it's like now you have no money coming in and you, you have no interaction with friends and family and you're stuck at home and, it's just, it's, there's going to be other problems. Like, look, I mean, think, speaking of side effects, if we open up, there's going to be side effects to that, right? There's more people are going to die. That's just going to happen. That's going to happen if we open up next month or six months from now. There's just going to be an uptick. That's a side effect. There's also side effects of not going back to some level of normalcy, not moving back in that direction. So everything has side effects. You just have to look at the data and go, okay, what's, what's the best course of action? But one thing that Sincere talks about a lot, Sincere puts up a lot of really interesting posts on Instagram, and you've talked about it in the show too, is that it's a violation of civil liberties when it comes down to it. You're basically ordering people. You're going like, look, you have to shut down your business and stay home or else. Yeah. That's very problematic alone. Yeah, that's the beginning of a totalitarian regime. Now look how look how people look how fast people fell in and just obeyed these mandates. Yeah. That's a pretty scary precedent because yeah. it's like, well, you know what? Anytime we want to shut people down, we're just going to say there's a pandemic, and people will do it like the last time it happened. Right. So we we got we got to start thinking about the larger negative ramifications of. Right. Of that as well. So it, it's a complex problem. Like I said, I don't want to try to oversimplify everything, but we need to be discussing these things and we yeah. need to take charge of our civil liberties as well as our immune. Like, like, look, if you don't have freedom, you're not going to have a healthy immune system. If you no. don't have a healthy immune system, you're not going to be able to enjoy freedom. So all of this stuff is connected. <laughs> right. But, but it starts with a certain level of freedom. Right. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Come on.
Well, Jerry, we know we know you have nowhere to go. <laughs> but, uh, I was going to say, we know you're busy. Uh, normally, I would say, look, Jerry, I don't want to take up too much of your time. We know you're busy. <laughs> but given that we've been on for almost four hours, we know that no one has anything to do. The funny thing is, what you were just talking about, uh, people, I live by myself, but the strange part is it doesn't bother me at all because – what do I do when there isn't a quarantine? Mike and I laugh about them like, well, basically, my life didn't change at all. The only no. thing that changed about my life is that in my apartment complex, there are far too many damn people here during my hours. <laughs> you know, I, I'm like, why are you here? When I hear kids laughing out, I'm like, I'm sorry, it's April. You need yeah. to be in class. I'm like, ah, this stupid thing is going on. I'm like, seriously. So my dogs are pissed off because there's just people everywhere, and they're, they're everywhere with their dogs. And my dogs are being like, wait a minute, you usually don't come out until the evening time. And we don't walk around that time. So now they're pissed off. They can't take a dump in peace because there's all these people walking around <laughs> laughing, barbecuing, coughing, and all this other stuff. My dog's like, what the hell? <laughs> so, and I oh, get it. Uh, now, mean, we, now we go, we go to the dog park now in, in over here in Seven Hills. There's a lot of nice dog parks and people all, from all over, all over the Las Vegas area are coming to this place Jesus. now. And normally when it's just us locals, for lack of a better metaphor, a lot of us have dogs and we, we have kind of an unwritten rule. We just let our dogs off leash because we, we all know each other and they all get along. But now there's so many factors coming. Now, there, now there's so many people that we've never seen before and they're bringing their dogs and I don't know these people and they don't know me. So now I have to keep my dogs on leash more. It's, it's ruining the whole dynamic of the park, honestly. In fact, I was talking to someone the other day and I was talking pretty loud <laughs> you know? and I was like, I was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to things going back to normal so we don't have all these people who don't live here using our park. And it's exactly. just as I said that people walked by who clearly don't live here. Yeah. They cut, they, and I know they overheard me because the one girl was like, <laughs> and then the guy kind of looked at me and I looked him dead in the eye. He was just waiting for a retort. I had my retort ready to go, <laughs> you know, and then he just kept going and I was like, yeah, I'm talking about you, motherfucker. And if you ask me, he's like, oh, you're talking about me? It's like, fuck yeah, I'm talking about you. <laughs> we all pay 55 bucks to keep this a month just to, that's not even our hoa fee that's the master community you know live here we all pay to keep this park nice and clean and have dog bags everywhere and so forth and i don't mind people other people coming and using it but now it's it's getting a little ridiculous because yeah. those of us who live here are being negative negatively affected and that's not cool when the only reason other people can come here and use it is because those of us who live here pay to keep yeah. this area up uh, that's so my attitude that's opening things up so that all of you assholes can go of our park <laughs> and our dogs enjoy it. <laughs> yep. Perfect. Well, cool, Jerry. Thanks a lot. Always a pleasure talking to you. Great conversation. Great information. And everyone, check out AppliedMetabolics.com. Sign up for Jerry's newsletter. Don't think about it. If you enjoy anything about nutrition supplements or fitness or exercise – He's a great writer. You'll enjoy reading what he has to say. And I got to say, Jerry, it's, it's, it's been really cool getting to know you and have you on the show because I was a fan of yours for many years before we connected. I used to read your column in Iron Man magazine. It's the only reason I even picked it up was like to read your column because I liked your straightforward information, but I also like your style of writing. It's entertaining. It's engaging. It's yeah. authentic. Thank so I, I recommend your newsletter wholeheartedly. Check out Jerry on YouTube as well. He puts a, a lot of really interesting lectures out there. And he's been on our show many times too. So go back and check out some of the previous episodes he's been on. It's always super. I always get great response. And I, and I know you do too, Sincere. We always get emails from listeners whenever you're on talking about how, and that was useful because he said something that I could go do. Like Tim Larkin said that he had a sensitivity to coffee 
and he enjoys drinking coffee, but he didn't drink it as much as he would like to because of that. Like he would just get too stimulated. But he heard you talk about theanine, just adding a couple hundred milligrams of theanine. You don't even have to put it in the coffee. Just take it at the same time. And then that offsets that adrenaline type response. And it's, it's you have a more balanced, really? clean energy without the elevated heart rate. And he, he made a point of telling me that right after the episode. He goes, man, that's usable information that I can put into action right away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it works. You get all you get you still get the mental focus benefits, you know, of the caffeine, but without the edge. Works great. Yeah. yeah you know. Exactly. Yeah. So that's just an example. So thanks a lot, man. Great. We'll we'll definitely connect with you again. Yeah. We'll- always always fun talking to you guys. I mean, I feel like uh, just a bunch of guys like you say, like I feel like I'm having a beer with a couple of friends at a at a bar, which is we, we we always want the show to be fun. We don't want it to be yeah. like an interrogation where you yeah. come on and we're just drilling you with questions. <laughs> hey Jerry, what do you think about this? Oh, okay. What about this? Okay. Yeah. What about this? I mean, that's yeah. I mean, other people may do that fine, but I like listening to podcasts where it's an interesting conversation. Those are the yeah. kind of shows I listen to. Yeah, I agree with you. I totally agree because most of the other podcasts they do do that. They just answer. I, I can't tell you how many people have always. They always thought out. How did I get into body? It's always the same question. Yeah, these boring no, ass generic yeah. questions. Tell us about yourself. I was like, why do I have to tell you about myself? You asked me to be on the show, don't you? Why don't you tell them about me? <laughs> no, for, for those who don't know who you are, tell people you know what you've done. I'm like, okay. Next time somebody asks me that, I'm gonna be like, hey, you know, I'm uh, I was a kettlebell instructor and I've got some great nutrition supplements, but my big passion right now is selling used women's underwear. And I'm gonna. Oh, okay. I swear to God, next time someone asks me, how did you get into that, Mike? Well, I asked her. Okay, that's how I got into it. I go, well, you know, during this whole shutdown, I realized that there's a lot of lonely guys who are not going to have access to women. So, you know what? What's what's the next best thing? Yeah, used women's panties. There's a big market for that. So let's talk about that since you want to know about my background. that's a good. Perfect. Well, cool, man. Thanks. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. I'll see you guys. Take care. Thanks a lot, Jerry. Bye. That wraps up this week's Live Life Aggressively show. Be sure to head over to MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Use the coupon code LLA12 and receive 12% off of your total purchase at either of those websites. Also, for more personal protection tips, make sure you head over to NewWarriorDefense.com. Support the production of the Live Life Aggressively show by heading over to Patreon.com and becoming a patron. Simply go to Patreon.com slash Podcast. All Patreon subscribers receive Patreon-only access to our brand new show, Afterlife, which is a brand new behind-the-scenes episode that is not available to the public. Our Patreon subscribers also get to enjoy bigger discounts on all of our products by receiving Patreon-only discount codes beginning at 15% off on all products on MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Lastly, be sure to share the episode by following us on social media on Facebook as well as our new account on Instagram. Until the next episode, take care, everybody.